plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are here, not together, not on time, but we're here. One out of three ain't bad. Um, it's been a pretty rough week for me, but what's more important is we're Cantrip Cartel. Uh, we're here to talk magic. And Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I bet you are, you lazy son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, I was on vacation last week. Um, I did. Yeah, just so everyone's aware, it is my fault we did not record last week. I was um, emotionally just uh, not for like just burned to a crisp. I am burned out like freaking crazy. And last week I was just like because Matt was leaving for a thing, and I was we had to record that day, and I was like I can't, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't. So now you had to wait a week and then you had to wait more days because I'm I'm still tired and work still sucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So just so everybody knows, I'm perfectly free to record <laughs> the past two days. Yep. Sure has been. It <laughs> leaves work at 2.30. Yep. Punch that clock and I'm out the door and half hour later I'm home. Um, yep. And then I'm working until six or seven o'clock. Yep. You should try getting off at 2.30. It's great. I don't know if I, I mean, like, I would, but the trade-off of having to be there at, like, 5.30 is kind of rough. Yeah, it fucking sucks, to be perfectly honest. It's, uh-huh. It will probably be a little better once, uh, once A, once we get later in the year, and B, once daylight savings time fucks off, because um, then it will be actually dark when I go to bed. Yep. Like, currently I have to go to bed around 8 o'clock, and the sun is still, not only is it, it's not still just up, like, it's still pretty high in the sky, <laughs> and on bright. top of that, like my bedroom faces the west. Oh, so you're the so sunset. Like, you're looking at the sunset. Yes. Yep. Pretty much. So we've got like blackout curtains and whatnot in my bedroom, but it's yeah. still like it's not dark in there when I go to nope. sleep because uh, it's not perfect, and it's not like I'm going to nail them to the wall or some shit like that. They let in some light. So like, and then when I get up, I get up at four, and. Uh, Oh shit, dude! Yesterday, I or not yesterday it was was it two days ago? Whichever, one of the days this week, I got up and it was already like seventy three degrees. Yeah, <laughs> was, <just> like, <laughs> was it? Like, wasn't it humid as fuck too? Yeah, and I was just like, because yeah. normally I go for a walk before work, and like I do some exercises and whatnot, and then I go for a walk. I walk about a mile or so. What basically as long as I have time for, depending on how yeah. long it took me to get ready yeah. that morning, and. I was. I just opened the door and went, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like walking out into soup. Yep. It's <laughs> just like I, this. Is I awful. remember when we used to work at FedEx, and that's. I said the same thing when I walked out of the house a couple days ago, and I just felt the wall of uh, moisture and heat hit me, and I was like, "Wow, today's gonna fucking suck." Yeah. And just strolled out to my car. Yep. So I do have the luxury of. For better or worse, I suppose, most of my work is done inside now. Uh, yep. I do bounce and bounce back and forth between an air-conditioned warehouse and an air-conditioned office, which that actually kind of gets a little irritating. But it is yeah. nice to have like at least somewhere to go to escape the heat, and yep. I can just chill. Um, Very much I- the same here, where like now that I don't work outside 24 hours a day, even though it's awful and muggy, like I get to walk into someone's house, or I get to walk, you know back into the shop or into the gas like i'm not just in the heat all day i get back into my van and turn in the ac on so yeah it is way FedEx, nicer it was just like well just 
spend an hour or spend eight hours in an oven that's like 130 yep. 140 degrees while working while while exerting yourself manually yeah it fucking sucked i don't miss that i don't miss that stuff at all i don't either <laughs> like, i would much i would much rather be in crawl spaces right half, so, of, half of those are cool because i run the duck worked in there yeah like the uh I don't think it my worst day so far at this job. Then I've had some not like bad days, but like I've had some days where I was like, fuck, like the nope. job, the day just sucked. I'm like, man, this is still better than FedEx. Yep. Oh, yeah. I've had some rough days at work and they did not compete with. They, I mean, like they don't even come close to the bad days at FedEx. Yeah. So we're like the, like a bad day at work consists like right now of like, oh, man, these last two or three hours really fucking sucked i had a really rough job for two or three hours whereas fedex it was like cool it's august uh the high tomorrow is 108 degrees with 100 percent humidity and that starts at six in the morning and i've got 180 deliveries to make yep. <laughs> and i'm in an oven and my truck is completely packed and you uh -huh. basically end the day covered in sludge because yep. like the dirt from all the boxes and the road grime gets all over you mixes oh, with yeah, constant awful. sweat and then dries every time you go inside a building <laughs> yep <laughs> it's so, oh it's so miserable much. um aside from work uh let's see uh what did i do so i continued on my vacation i played a little bit of final fantasy 5 i actually didn't play a ton of video games over my vacation i mostly tried to focus on stuff like doing stuff around the house because I was yeah, like, well, I've got kind of like, I've got some energy. And I was trying to maintain a routine of like, I I didn't, I turned off my alarm, but I still kind of get up pretty early. Um, yep. So like, I think I was up every day by six o'clock. Um, that, that's about how I am. I, if I turn my alarm off, I usually get an extra hour or two of sleep. Yeah. And then I it stayed up. It was nice because I stayed up a little later because I could actually, you know, stay up a little later, hang out with my yep. wife a little bit more, sleep in a little bit more. I still get up two or three hours before she does every uh, every day, even yeah. on even even tomorrow. So, like, I'll, you know, I'll still probably go to bed sometime tonight between eight and ten. I'll be right uh -huh. back up, especially tomorrow. I plan on actually setting an alarm because so my wife's going on. Uh, she goes down to Florida to see uh, her aunt every year. Uh, her aunt oh, was kind gotcha. enough to buy her a ticket. So awesome. Uh, and they've actually, she's gotten to the point where she just buys her a direct flight ticket, even though it costs more. So she's, there's like no fucking around or anything. Yep. Um, but so she's going to be gone all week. Uh, so I am, I've got like a 10 pound pork butt that I'm going to smoke tomorrow morning. And I'm just going to, that's what I'll be eating all week. That's I'll your, just, that's your dinner for the week. Yep. Yeah. So I need to actually get up because the, so I got a, um, I finally got a smoking thermometer and I've been suspicious that my smoker's uh, thermostat that it displays isn't accurate because it yeah. takes me like a decent amount longer to cook things in there than yep. like what what the Internet says should be an average. So like uh -huh. for a, a brisket or a pork butter or whatnot at 225 it's supposed to be like an hour to an hour and a half a pound. Mine consistently takes like two to two and a half hours per pound yeah. to the point where like, I guess not two and a half, but like consistently pushing More. two hours a pound. So like I'll get like a eight pound pork butt and it will take all fucking day. Yeah. We're like 14 to 16 hours to do this. So Versus what I'm the thinking, eight to 10 you think it should take. Right. So like. And don't get me wrong, I don't mind that, but I want to... The other thing is, like, I have yet to... In that 14 hours, I've yet to actually get a pork butt up to 200, 
which uh-huh. from what I understand is what you're supposed to do. Uh, I almost always, it's like eight, seven or eight o'clock and I had to just pull the pork butt out. Cause I'm like, well, I, it has to rest and I still have to eat this thing and I'm normally yeah. in bed by 10 o'clock. So I'm, have you considered the possibility that you have a little bit, don't fucking laugh. Like, you don't know what I'm going to say. I said, Hmm. Have you considered the possibility you have a little bitch boy smoker and that's the problem? Oh no, that's, it will get hot. Like, I mean, that's, that's just the fact of the matter is I don't know what I'm setting it at. So like I can cook shit. It's just the matter of like, I want to know what, what the actual temperature in there is. Cause like, if I crank it up to like 275, it mm-hmm. does cook stuff quicker and it does like yeah. push through stalls quicker and whatnot. Like it works. It's just, I need to know like, okay, if I put it at 225, is it actually at 225 or is it actually at 200? I don't know. It's, I think your po- I think your smoker just sucks. It could. <laughs> it's, I remember um, I went through a phase in college. I started watching lots of cooking shows, like a lot of cooking shows and like cooking YouTube channels. And I one of the things that like lots of chefs always said is like the first thing you buy or one of the first things is a thermos uh, a thermometer for your oven, like one of those that like it, you put it on the grate mm-hmm. so it yep. sits it would sit like in front of the food because they were like yeah like oven therm thermostats or thermo they all suck they're all trash go get it go get a dedicated one. Yep. So I've got like a dual channel like fancy one i mean it's not super expensive or anything like 70 bucks i think but yeah. like you've it's got a so you can leave one so it's just in it's not in the meat and or you can in theory plug it into two different things but like nice um so i can plug it into the meat i can leave one for just the the air temperature it's got like readouts so like i the the other nice thing about it is i won't have to like go in there and check the temperature on the meat all the time you can keep does, it closed. Yeah. Which, to be fair, like, in my defense, just so everybody knows that I'm not doing this, I don't even temp the fucking food until it's been in there for eight or ten hours. Like, gotcha. I'm going, I like I do not open that door. Yep. It, I just go, the door's shut, and I make sure there's smoke going through that thing until, yeah. at minimum, eight hours. Most of the time, I, ten. Obviously, if you were in there checking every 45 minutes opening the door. Yeah, then that's not going to cook. Um and it also, so that's one of the things that a lot of people mess up with, like, uh, cooking turkeys, is uh, basting doesn't actually really help make your turkey moist. Because what happens is when you open the, o- when you're opening the oven all the time, you just let the heat out and you just have to cook it longer and it ends up just drying it out. Yep. You're better off, like, so what my wife does is she actually takes the skin and, like, she separates the skin from the meat, but she leaves it like attached in spots and she shoves butter underneath the skin oh that's awesome so then not only because that's the other thing when you baste heavily like all you're doing is just pouring liquid on the skin which then runs off for the most part and doesn't really get on the meat and on top of that it makes the skin not nearly as crispy yep so you're keeping it damp correct you're keeping the skin damp well she puts it underneath the skin the the butter actually soaks into the meat a little bit it's held in there to some degree by, by the uh chickens or the turkey skin and then yep. the skin itself gets really fucking crispy like i've had turkeys made by you know family members half a dozen people or whatever my wife's blows them all out of the park it's not even funny it's yep. to the point where i don't even really want to eat other people's turkey which your wife is a phenomenal cook yeah she is a really good cook like i came home yesterday and she'd made these like Almond pastries, two loaves of bread, and blueberry scones. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty good Thursday. 
Yeah, and not from like a mix. It's not like she's buying like a little Debbie mix for uh-uh. scones. She's just we just have butter and you know flour and salt and shit. And <laughs> so that's awesome. She just cooks a lot and loves to cook and loves to bake, and she's yep. really and fucking good at it. Like we haven't actually bought bread in like I think I've bought like two loaves of bread this entire year. Because she, she just because you always have fresh bread. Yeah, every every weekend she just makes bread. Oh, it's so nice. So we just have homemade bread every fucking week. Like today we had this, oh my God, the bread she made yesterday was fucking delicious and perfect. So uh-huh. like the 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 uh, crust was like thin, but like crispy, but not like hard. And yep. the actual bread in there was like springy and had like texture and it was firm, but it wasn't like super chewy and like, oh my God, it was so yeah. fucking good. Like she, she had a it. piece of that and I was just like, that is damn good bread. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we're having grilled cheese with these tomorrow. <laughs> so we had, uh, that's what I had for dinner is like, we call it summer meal where it's sausage, green beans and uh, potatoes together and a grilled cheese sandwich. So yeah. Um, anywho. That sounds fucking awesome. Place. Yeah, you know, I'm I am uh, I am getting a little a uh, little side hustle going. It's, we could always uh, we could always offer, you know, pastries, planters and bread, <laughs> planters and bread. Yeah, planters and bread. <laughs> yep. Um, what else? Went up and saw my dad. He is I don't know. I don't even know how to describe his condition without going into super low. Not great. Let's fucking say that. <laughs> He's still not great. Not Is he worse great. or is he better or is he the He's, same? He's he is not quite as bad from what I so I uh when I went up there, he was as bad as I'd seen him. He's okay. started to recover a little bit. I talked to my mom about it uh yesterday actually. Um he's supposed to be getting a CAT scan or an MRI, I don't remember which one. Uh Basically, he has to get a, a GI tract feeding tube, like something directly uh-huh. into his stomach. Uh, they had a one that goes down your nose, and he just pulled that out because yep. um, he told them he didn't want it, and they did it anyway. So he pulled the fucking thing out. Cause Which he, is what I would do. <laughs> my dad is li- would literally rather starve to death than do something that he didn't want to do. Uh-huh. Um, so they are uh, the problem is so basically this is the big issue. The actual procedure to put this feeding tube in is relatively minor, but they have to take him off his blood thinners for five days Surgery. in order to do it. Yep. And without those, you might have, you might have a stroke he, again. He, yeah, there's a solid chance he's going to have a stroke again, which would make stroke number five since February. Yeah. So and the last couple have been real doozies. These aren't these aren't small ones. Yeah. the The first one was bad enough where it was just like, oh, you can't use your arm and your leg anymore, and you have to relearn uh-huh. how to do that. And then uh, the past few, it's like you can't talk and you don't know where you are. Yep. So he's recovered slightly, where he's he's not he's still not able to really talk. He can kind of like yes and no his way through some stuff. Apparently, yeah. he's a little more lucid than he was when I was up there uh, last week. So that's good news. So we'll see how this, you know, mm-hmm. how a surgery and shit goes. Um, and then aside from all of that, we're playing Minecraft. And that's what I did. We're, so while you were slaving away, I was oh, in the you mines. Been, have you been on the server? <laughs> yes. That's what I did yesterday as I went home and I, I you know, we were uh, kind of in a holding pattern, figuring out whether how long you were going to be and whatnot. And yeah. uh, so I just went ahead and started playing Minecraft. And um, I got, I think we're up to like, 
somewhere in the 40s for diamonds now. Sweet. So, um, like, enough for all the tools, a set of armor. We're basically kitted out and ready to go. Yeah, I don't have uh, diamond armor yet, but, yeah, we're close to that point where we'd both be in, like, full basic diamond stuff. And I started nice. enchanting a little bit, too. I got us a nether portal, an uh, enchanting table full of, like, a, a maxed out enchanting table. So I was like, because I was basically, I had mine, then I'd go up. They've they've dramatically lessened. So so here's my. I'm gonna do a little bit of a rant on Minecraft. So they've they've made some changes since the last time I've played. Some of them I like, some of them I don't. It kind of boils down to being a wash. And this mm. is just like within the first few hours of Minecraft. I haven't gotten into any of the uh, the like quote end game content that they've added. Yeah. None of that stuff. This is just like basic bitch Minecraft, right? Yep. So it seems like they've shortened the time you had to wait in between breeding cows. That went really smoothly. And like that... I was actually breeding cows more often than I was growing wheat. Like wheat was the limiting factor there. And we don't I have noticed a huge that, wheat. Oh, I noticed ahead. that too, that when I got our couple cows and I would, I, cause I, I, I have having played my, having started Minecraft several times. Like I know the things you have to fast track. Cause they're just, time, they're just time gated. So like yeah. I got some cows going real quick and I went and bred them and I was like, I wonder if I can breed them again. And like, I ended up having three baby cows yeah. like before, like I had three babies before any of them grew up. I, you can just keep fucking breeding them. Yeah. So that's cool because getting book, uh, getting books is kind of the limiting factor to getting enchanting going. Yeah. So we've Which already I got also, that also got a sugarcane farm going right away. Yeah, we've got plenty of paper and whatnot. Um, so that was good. Here's my the thing I don't like. So I don't like the changes they've made to actually mining. And uh, you and I talked about this while we were playing a little bit the other day. But so for anybody who doesn't know, they basically made it so most ore, most resources only spawn within a certain range. And they will spawn yes. in other spots, but they're incredibly rare. Yes. Here's the rub. I don't necessarily, it doesn't seem like they've really made diamonds any harder to get. Like, um, I haven't had any issues finding diamonds. The problem is, while I'm looking for diamonds, I frequently will do, so the way I set my branch mine up, is you have your long, your basic branches, which I make an actual tunnel for travel. Then I yep. go, uh, tunnel for mining, to skip to tunnel for mining. And I go down a hundred blocks before I turn gotcha. around and head back to the, the main branch, right? Yep. Or the main tunnel. I will frequently go two or three without finding anything. That's and that is, like, really, kind, quite frankly, kind of boring. They've kind of, yeah. like, I actually really enjoy mining, but I like it because you're constantly getting, like, a slow drip of, like, you know, dig a little bit, you know, go 10 yeah. or 15 blocks. Hey, there's some iron, another 10 or 15 blocks. There's some redstone. There's some gold. There's some lapis, yep. like that kind of thing. This is dig for 100 blocks, turn around, dig for another 75, get some redstone maybe. Then do do another yeah. 100 blocks, do another 100 blocks, found some diamonds. Now, what? the diamonds themselves don't seem to be any less common, but there's nothing else happening. Yes. Well, everything else used to overlap. It used to be that you just dug down to bedrock or like five up from bedrock and mined and like everything was down there. And that's what you like every, yeah, every 30 blocks you'd find some gold or some redstone or some iron. And now they have it so segmented that, Oh, you know, you got, you don't find coal. You got to go up in the mountains, coals up high. And well, you're only going to find iron at, you know, down to 
level 15. And if you want diamonds, those are at negative 40. And it's like, then it's all segmented. Yeah. You it's mining is so much less efficient because I have to, not only do I have to have separate mines for everything, I have to establish and build separate mines, but like I just, all the time I spend looking for diamonds is time not spent looking for like coal or yeah, almost anything else. Basically you can get a reasonable amount of redstone, which you don't actually need. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, you can use redstone, but, I mean, we're talking about, like, I have two or three stacks of blocks of redstone yeah. currently. So I like, have more redstone <laughs> than our server will ever use. Like, 30 blocks of redstone would be enough for the entirety of my redstone career ever. Right. So, like, I have more redstone than I will ever use. The only reason I even pick it up at this point is it does give you XP. Yep. Um. Then there's lapis, which lapis you use a decent amount of because you have to use it for enchanting now. Yes. Um. But, like, you still don't use a ton of it. No, you don't. Because you use, like, at most three. Yeah, you use, like, three or whatever. And to be fair, once you get into, like, heavily enchanting, like, enchanting kind of, like, bell curves a little bit, where it's just, like, you start doing none, then it starts, you do a little bit, because, like, you you don't have an XP farm yet, so you're not going to use a ton of lapis. Then once you get any sort of XP farm, then you use a fucking shit ton of it, because Uh you need to... Uh, cycle through books because that's how you like roll the, dice. Re-roll the enchantment yep. so you're like up oh, nothing good here throw whatever get the cheapest one throw it on a book to just re-roll then once you get everything you go back down to using basically zero yeah and it's exactly what it is so like you just when you're in the middle point lapis is very useful and when you're on either one of the ends it's not useful at all um yep. and then diamonds are just like they're what you need. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But like there's that's all you're down there getting. So it's just I don't even I guess what it boils down to is I wish they would make more frequent smaller veins because like I don't even mind what I'm doing. I just want to not just mine stone and get nothing Yeah. Well, for like you, 10 or 15 minutes at a time. <laughs> you have also brushed over the addition of deep cobblestone. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like mining also just takes twice as long now because while you're down there every they've got deep cobblestone which is just takes more time to mine through yep and like i don't have an efficient i got i do have like a a couple unbreaking three picks so like i'm at the point where like we're still like very far in the positive for like what diamonds i'm finding versus using yeah but like it just takes fucking forever because i haven't uh gotten an efficiency for enchant yet oh there's one so just heads up, don't go on there and uh, use that enchant because I've got the enchanting table ready to give myself an efficiency for enchant. <laughs> so oh, you just I need just, the... I need like half a level more of XP. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like 10 o'clock last night and I'm like, I have to go to bed. Just go <laughs> like... throw, a, throw a book in there, take the level one just to get rid of it. Oops, sorry, Matt. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of disappointing because it's like, I really enjoy mining and they've... No, I don't want to say they've spoiled it, but they've kind of, like, taken the luster off of it. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not, like, excited to go mine anymore. I don't hate it, but, like, I really liked mining. Because it was just, like, you're just getting this, like, hey, I found stuff, found stuff, and you just slowly accumulate shit. What I yep. have is, like, gotten three full chests, full double chest, full of, like, deep cobblestone. Yep. Which is, I very much enjoy building with. I just but started like, throwing it away after the, like. Oh, yeah. We have plenty. <laughs> Um, it was very heartbreaking to me when I started uh, doing it again. And just like I did a iron mine first and I just might. And you experienced it with me where like as we were trying to 
mine for iron, I w- we were barely keeping up. Like I would use an iron pickaxe and I would find four iron, three of which I needed to make an iron pickaxe. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that's not what Minecraft is supposed to be. Like it isn't supposed to be this like, like an uphill battle. I get there's you spend time in the mines, you spend time crafting, but you and you spend time exploring all that. But like it was it, it was like it's all about kind of the abundance of resources. And the game was kind of balanced around that, that you put the time in and you will get an abundance of resources. And now it's like you have to be efficient and you have to be careful and you have to really work hard to try and have an extra couple stacks of diamonds or an extra two stacks of my or iron blocks. It's it's like they're pushing the player, like if you want to have excess, you have to automate, which is mm-hmm. crazy complicated versus what it used to be is like, just go spend like six hours mining at bedrock and you'll have more diamonds than you ever need, more iron than you ever need and more coal than you ever need. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is by like pushing you to automate, what you're doing is you're effectively pushing me to skip your fundamental gameplay loop. Like it's like, cause like I, I always like I would play and when people would play with me once they got shit automated i would almost stop playing okay uh okay. we're back a <laughs> uh, small technical difficulty um as as everything in this world there must be complications yep um i'm not super sure where we cut off matt uh so what's gonna ha- there's gonna be an abrupt cut to this and you're gonna keep talking about minecraft <laughs> yep so minecraft <laughs> anywho <laughs> um basically it boils down to this the changes it's kind of a wash because like like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about it, the fact of the matter is they've reduced the time on some stuff. So it's just like at no point would I have gotten like the books yet. And uh-huh. it took very, very little effort to get the uh, enough. And I mean, we have like a stack and a half or almost two stacks of steaks. Like we're basically good on food. We've got our books nice. like and we still have a bunch of fucking cows up there. So like there's yep. a, there's like 20 or 30 cows. So, like, we can just start, you know, exponentially growing cows if we want to at any point in time. Yep. Um, so, we're set up in that regard. But, like, the actual minute-to-minute gameplay of mining got worse. So, like, I yeah. guess basically what it boils down to is this time around, I'll probably just get us to whatever I need. And then, like, okay, cool. I've got my stuff. I'll get kitted out in the best gear because that's what I do. And then I'm not going to be spending any extra time mining. It'll be... <clears throat> like if I want stuff, what I what I'll actually do is probably just what we talked about, where I kind of get that village thing going, and I'll just do some weird trading thing or whatever with the yep. villagers to get resources. Because like I used to actually really enjoy mining. It was a very kind of like like one of my favorite things to do is to do some like rote activity that I know inside and out, super easy, just enough to keep like my hands busy and like my frontal lobe engaged a little bit. And then listen to like an audiobook or a podcast. And that's what I would do when I would mine a lot. Yep. And I was doing that last night and like I found myself getting more and more like, come on, like why am I doing uh-huh. like 300 blocks and getting nothing out of it? It's so, very discouraging. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Well, the biggest thing is it's not fun. And this is something yeah. we talked about. Uh, I don't consider Minecraft a game. Minecraft is a toy. Because uh, games yeah. have, like, rules and, like, an end goal and whatnot. And for the longest time, Minecraft didn't even have a way to, quote, beat it. It's Legos. Minecraft is, Minecraft is Legos that you have to, like, go through a little bit of tedium to get your Legos. Mm-hmm. Well, they just increase the amount of tedium it takes to get your fucking Legos. Yep. 
that's like that's exactly how I like Minecraft isn't a game as much as it is like a a, a field to build in. And I listen, I half the time I I got in the habit. I just played in creative because I don't care. I don't I don't I don't love the idea of like spent spending 10 hours get it, gathering resources for a project. Case in point, one of the mods we built, my the only thing I loved about that mod, I should say what I loved the most about that mod was like the exchanger where you can take like every block has a point value and you can just exchange blocks for other blocks. Yep. And I had that was I had so much fun. It was the perfect balance of me for like decorating where it's kind of cool like when there is a cost to decorate. Like you have to do some grinding to be able to decorate. But I could be like, I kind of want to know what it looks like if I use like marble blocks. I don't have to fucking go mine, find and mine marble. Yeah, you had to get the first one, and then you yes, can copy I, it. I get one, and then I can, you know, the mining, the the generic bitch mining I've done, where I've gotten, you know, a couple stacks of iron or a few stacks of diamonds. Like we can just take those, and I can turn those into, and the, and, and and then I can build it with it and go. Actually, that looks kind of shitty. Nah, never mind. I can go. What would it look like with like, ooh, like sea temple look? And and I could just, I don't have to fucking go mine at all. Yep. That was but, that was how I enjoyed Minecraft the most under those scenarios. Yeah. The uh, the thing I like about it is you do still have to put in basically some work. So like, finding a diamond gets you like dozens of stacks of stone, but you do have to find the diamond, or you can just yes. dig the stone. Or finding a diamond will get you like a half a stack of iron. But like, yes. like you still have to go out and get stuff. You just yep. can change it into anything you want. Oh, now and that was the the other thing where you get to be rich. Like there, it happens so often in Minecraft. I said, I've played Minecraft for like I'll be 10, 15 hours in, and like I decide I kind of want to make a, a redstone project that requires sticky pistons, and I've got stacks of diamonds, stacks of iron. I'm rich. No slime blocks. Yep. Don't know where to get them. Can't go. I mean. Nope, have I'm I'm five hours away from having reliably being able to have slime blocks right now. That sucks. Yeah. I hate that so much. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, what? Oh yeah, I I, rem- I just remembered. I was trying to think of what we did with that server. The server crashed, <laughs> like, and yep. we lost all of our progress. <laughs> yep, we were pl- well. What happened was we were playing it. The server crashed, and then we started over with a new uh, with a new set of mods, and I didn't like them as much. So I never played. Yeah, the uh, um. The one we the there's the mod pack which is called Tekkit for anybody who no, wants to know that's what we were playing I forget which version it was and then yeah. the actual mod itself that one is called the uh, equivalent exchange mod it's basically based yep. around uh, Full Metal Alchemist um, but yeah anywho enough Minecraft uh-huh. how you been doing so the reason we're playing Minecraft is um, the game I I really enjoy playing and I've been playing with a lot of my friends I've been back on COD and we've actually been playing Warzone which um, I'm not a huge fan of Battle Royales for the most part, but I think Warzone is probably my favorite version of a Battle Royale because, in my opinion, it solves most of the problems I have with Battle Royales. So Matt and I played a lot of Apex together as our like our primary Battle Royale, and I played a fuck ton without him. And what I always hated about it is, and this is the luck of the draw, that's how the game is balanced and it's made to work, but like you just find what you find. And all the time I would go into a fight against another team and like I never found a good armor vest. And so I've got a white level vest, which is two ticks. And then I go to shoot them and they have a purple level vest, which is four, which is four armor plates worth. And it's like they just have like 20 or 30% more health than me. And so I'm severely disadvantaged in this fight. 
that doesn't even incorporate how much better equipped their guns are than mine. Because you, you know, it's about you find a gun, whether you find a decent one or not, and then you find attachments for it, whether or not you find decent attachments for it. And so, like, you just go into so many fights just horribly mis- or, like, out, outgunned or it's just poorly balanced, which, again, it's part of how it works. I'm not knocking it. Whereas in Warzone, it's like the exact opposite. So everyone drops in with a three plate vest anyway, which is the most everyone has the same amount of armor at any given time. Now you have to find plates to put in there because they'll if you get shot, they break. But we all we all have the same amount, like 80 percent health, whatever. The upgrade you can get is you can get a uh, you can get a bulletproof vest that only takes two plates, but has the same amount. So it takes less time to fill it. But we always all have the same amount of armor, which is awesome. The guns are a lot more kind of like level, I feel like. And again, for better or for worse, they all kind of play most of the same. But what's more important is there, money is a is a big component of the game. You find money and you can spend that money on, you know, buying your teammates back or buying armor plates or buying a better vest or buying a gas mask for the, the storm. What you can also buy is a pre-built kit. So you get to before the game starts, you have like you can make up to 20 different kits based on like you get to pick the weapon you like and all the attachments you like you get to do it exactly how you like it and then you can roll up and for like 2500 bucks which is almost nothing you can just buy your kit like i want this gun or i want these two guns so kind of what it really is is like once you get past the first like hot drops and you go if you look like if you don't drop hot and you go to an area kind of away maybe you fight a little bit here and there you know you find some money, you go find a buy station, and you buy the shit you want. And then by the middle to end of the game, we are all running around with good armor and good guns. And now it's a lot more just whose who's positioning is better, whose communication is better, a little bit of luck with the circle. But it's it, it's just so much less like, wow, we lost that because they had better guns and they had better armor. And I'm everyone who's listening will be like, wow, what a, what a cop-out thing to say. What an excuse. And it's like, yeah, I'm bad at the game. That's that. That's what makes me lose is when someone if I'm bad, my skill cannot compensate for the imbalanced gear. Right. So I need us to have if if we're relatively balanced, like I get kills. I'm not great. I get kills. We win fights. But when I was playing Apex, like either I would be horribly outgunned and a lot of times we would lose or we would be at parity or we'd be ahead. And those are the ones we win. Mm hmm. Like, I get that the people that are good at this game, that's, I I tease with the people I play with, that, like, there's still a lot of luck in it. And, you know, it's when there's a, there's a le- relatively level playing field, there is a skill there, but half the times we lose, like, we just get, you know, fucked over. It's because as that circle gets real small, you get a bad circle placement, and it's like, okay, so there's 40 people in this small area, and we have to run across this open field to get to the circle. <laughs> Boy, I sure hope, and, like, so... I hope no one guns us down and yeah. the game like we ended up winning one. We've we've come like in like fourth place and third place and fifth place. And we usually place in the top like 10 or so. The time we won the circles, we, we found an area towards the end that we liked and we hung out there and the circle landed on us. We didn't have to move. So you could just make everyone come to you and you could just go. Yes. Down as they what actually happened. We, we ended up killing one team in the final like in the final 10 minutes of the, of the round. There was, you know, there was like 15 or 20 teams left. We ended up killing one of them because the circle landed on us. So they all ran around and killed each other. Yep. And then by the end of it, we got to pick off the last team. They they had to come at us and they were just equipped way worse than us because we had been sitting with full ammo, with full armor and in a ready 
and like again I, there are people who are very good at the game. They stream it all the time and they don't need a good circle to win. We fucking do. We suck. We we all have full-time jobs. Half of us are dads. I'm not a dad, but like some of the guys we play with, they have kids, they have families. Like I'm not 360 no scoping anybody. I need a on level or advantageous position to have a good chance of winning this. Now, all that being said, and as you maybe can tell, I do very much enjoy playing the game. I can't play it anymore. Um, they came out with season four. And my computer went from on Warzone giving me a solid like 55 to 75 frames per second to 20 to 40. And it is just completely unplayable. It's it's it'll hover in that 40, maybe 50 range. And then as soon as things get intense, where which, you know, a a fight, it'll drop. I'll have drops down to like 20 and I'm just I'm shooting it where I think people are. I'll, I'll drop 10 frames in a row. People are people are jumping all across the screen. I people will come around the corner and I'd be taking shots before I even see them. Mm-hmm. The audio doesn't always like when I'm dropping frames. I'm also losing audio. I not not that the game goes silent, but like I don't hear footsteps coming up the stairs. Yeah, and it's it's my computer's fault. Um, I love my computer, and it's it was a really nice computer. I spent a lot of money on it like eight years ago. Yeah, and it just can't keep up anymore. So that is especially why, not for um, competitive first person shooters where yes, like every frame matters. Especially with like, and you know, Call of Duty is at the very top. Like, it's a AAA game. It's relatively new. It's very, it's very intense to run. And I did a little bit of research because I was kind of curious. Because I did everything. I set the settings to minimum. The graphic settings are the lowest they can go. I've updated all my drivers. And I saw some people on Reddit being like, "Yeah, the when the update came out, I lost like twenty to thirty frames per second on average." So just the older computers just can't handle it as well. Yep, they just and rushed that's... an update basically and didn't quite have it optimized as well as the. Uh... The main that's game. What, well, I'm thinking part of it is that it's just not optimized. And two, did I tell you why I hate the season four update in general? Uh, I don't remember. You might have. They added superpowers. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Yep. So, like, I mean, like, I don't get me wrong. I get Warzone is a it's Call of Duty is not a battle sim like a real battle sim, but it's not fucking Fortnite. And they turned it into Fortnite with like you can pick up these briefcases and they give you the power to shoot lasers out of your eyes or jump five stories in the air or stupid shit like that. Well, you're Which right I, back to having not having a good kit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I have a gun and you're Superman, so I guess I, I mean, lose. It's like <laughs> we're back into like just roll a D20, see what happens, which again, not a huge fan of. But it doesn't matter, I can't play it anyway. So yeah. I'm basically I designed a new computer. I do like building computers, so I've gotten the parts pseudo picked out that I want, um, but it's, you know, like 13, 1400 bucks, and I don't have 13, 1400 bucks lying around. Work hasn't even been that great lately. Like, it's been, my job is really feast or famine, where like some weeks I'll work literally 50, 60 hours getting extra, like, I'll get bonuses and extra stuff, and then other, like the next week I'll work 32 hours and just like, barely make ends meet mm-hmm. um which is fine because it's not i'm not you know always just scraping by but i don't have the money to drop you know twelve hundred dollars on a new computer not to mention to kind of go a little deeper into my life right now i'm trying to kind of get a little side hustle going on like you heard me i was joking with matt um i kind of got i've always liked doing like tinkering in the garage doing a little bit of woodworking a little bit of blacksmithing and I found some really cute little projects on the internet that I made. And my wife was like, man, you should try and sell those. And then her mom said that. And then my mom said that. And I was like, well, you know, we'll we'll give it a shot. So we went to like a farmer's market. I took them. I made a bunch of them. I took them. 
Uh, I make like raised cute planters and some little wood knickknacks. And I sold a couple here and there. And, you know, my it's it's difficult to process it because like I've had several family members and close friends that have bought or wanted them. But it's hard to tell whether or not like how real that is, because like, well, yeah, my mother in law really wants a couple of them. She's my mother in law. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you wanted a couple of them. Like I trust that you think they're good looking, but it's just it just comes off different when your best friend oh, yeah. is like, oh man, those are awesome. I'll take two versus like a random a stranger. stranger. Yeah. So I to sold be fair, a couple I was of them. being sincere. Like it took I like Amanda you. two days, and she put uh, you know flowers and shit, and they're sitting right on the end of our thing. Yes. I personally really like them so i and I'm, I'm trying to talk myself out of being a pessimist which mm-hmm. we talked about that before the show but anyway so i went did the show and i i sold a couple i had a lot of great com- like a lot of people gave me a lot of compliments they really liked them in fairness we're definitely a little late in the season to be selling planters it's kind of just how the timing of my life worked out but basically what happened is my dad and my wife have talked me into trying to like make a little side hustle out of this so i've been like Doing some experimenting in the garage and looking up plans. I'm not. I'm, I'm a fucking net decker all the way. So yeah, there's no finding... reason to design your own planter. <laughs> Take somebody's yeah. thing that works and maybe tweak it a little bit. Put your spin yes. on it and throw it. At, crank them out. So like, I found like some really cool designs for cute coasters and for like tissue box covers and just like um, some cute uh, like calendar, like some wooden uh, wooden date trackers, stuff like that. And I've been kind of. I mean, I've been sinking money into it. I've been buying, you know, buying glue, buying wood, buying um, extra. Like we bought some stamps, buying some special, some special equipment to do it. Nothing like I'm not spending like, you know, 200 bucks on a tool, but just, you know how it is. It's 50 bucks Mm -hmm. here, 40 bucks there, 50 bucks here, kind of building a stock of stuff up on top of I'm still becoming an apprentice plumber. And, you know, occasionally I try to buy a tool here, buy a little $20 tool here, $20 tool there, I bought a set of like self-tapping screws for the truck because sometimes I just really need some and the company I work for doesn't provide them. Shit like that. So I'm kind of getting pulled in every direction in these little 20 and $30 things. And I just, I don't have 1200 bucks to blow on a computer. What I have been doing to kind of work my way to it is I've been kind of going through some of my, my possessions and listing them on Facebook. The stuff I haven't touched in a year or two or that I have two of. So, like, for example, I have two anvils. I have two antique anvils, like pre-1920s or so anvils. Um, I'm I'm almost positive the hay button that I have is pre-World War I or World War I. I think the mouse hole anvil was harder to date, but it's like it's it was like between like the like the the teens and the 30s, something like that. Old, Mm -hmm. beautiful 150 pound antique anvils. Yeah. Well, I need to sell one of them. I don't need two. I don't. I really don't want to sell one. I think they're both gorgeous. I I find a lot of beauty in this an old antique thing like that. Like to me, thinking about an anvil in the 1920s or whatever, a hundred and sixty pound anvil that somebody lugged over to this country from Europe. Can you imagine how much it would cost to bring that fucking thing over here? Yeah, just a few cents before adjusting. Well, for inflation <laughs> before adjusting for. <laughs> But just like that was that was such a huge endeavor to get that thing. And and for that was someone's livelihood forever. This this monstrosity of a piece of metal. And it, it to me, there's a lot of beauty in that. And I don't want to sell it. I'm I have learned about myself that I'm very much a collector, which is probably why I took to magic so well is like I would I find a lot of value just having some really cool looking cards sitting in a binder. I never play with them. I just like having them. I like collecting. 
but I also like playing COD with my friends. So I've been trying to go through and those things that I have that I've just collected and for no reason have trying to part with them and sell them to put money towards a computer. And Matt, you'll be proud of this. I've been taking about 10% of every paycheck and putting it away. Hey, there you go. Good job. I've been doing the responsible thing of every week. I look, I get my paycheck and I go, okay, I got this much and I lop 10% off the top and I stick it into the savings account and just put it over there just as a way to get some money put away. Yep. And once you start doing that, you won't even miss it. It's, 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 it sucks when you first start doing it because you're like, what the fuck? And then after you get used to it, you don't even, it's just your budget adjusts. Cause that's, that's one of the things a lot of people have. Almost everyone does this where most people will, if they make more money, they will just backfill in their spending and they'll never actually get anywhere. And if, if they start making less money, they just kind of cut back and like, you don't actually, most people just kind of ride that line. Uh-huh. And it's uh, a guilty as charged, a hundred percent. That like I'm at, I'm terrible with money, but like when extra money shows up, I'm like, oh cool, I can buy those things extra I wanted instead of I'm trying to grow out of that. But yeah, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. Like yep. just I spend what I have, and like I've also been doing plasma again. Like yep. I started once a week going and doing plasma because it's an extra fifty or sixty bucks a week just to help pay for. Basically, it pays for me getting food while I'm out at work. I've been trying to really hit the pavement hard and, you know, accumulate some money. One, because I want to start this business. And even though it's a very small, very minor, small little thing, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. I mean, I got to by by the time you ever actually start making money, you'll probably have between five hundred and a thousand dollars in it. And that's I mean, that's that's if you're if you're not counting the tools I already happen to own. I already happen to own a four hundred dollar table saw and a two hundred dollar chop saw and a hundred dollar brad nailer. Like, yeah, Yeah. ignoring all that. crap, I'm already eight hundred dollars in tools into this. I'm just trying to buy the next two hundred dollars in materials. Yeah, I admit that's that's the thing. I admit outside of that, because like, yeah, like you said, I mean, your margins, your actual margins really aren't that high they sound high on paper but they actually aren't that high when you have to start because eventually you're gonna have to buy saw blades and eventually one of your saws is gonna break and like there's all kinds of other shit i gotta shell out 500 bucks for a new table saw it takes a lot of planters to rebuy a new table yes (laughs) because i have orders to fill and i have a show next week and i have to have a saw right now yep yeah shit like that yeah but that has been what I've been doing. I playing. I've been playing. I've been getting back into racing a little bit. Um, I've stepped. I stepped away from like competitive racing. I, I just been putting laps down with the guys, and that's actually a ton of fun. I've been having a good time with that. I've been playing Minecraft with my buddy. I've been doing. I'm spending a lot of time in the garage. I really though. I like. I need to take a freaking breather. I'm spending so much time in the garage and so much time like at work and so much time at the card shop. I have been so burned out the last like week and a half i was out with our boss yesterday and we were on the last call and i was out for like 12 hours yesterday which i work 12s sometimes and it's fine mm-hmm. but at the end of the call like he kept checking in with me like every 20 minutes be like you doing, you doing okay bud because i just wasn't like i'm usually a pretty happy go lucky guy lost smile and a lot of joking and i just wasn't i'm just like straight faced and tired and upset and short tempered and none of that ever made it to the customer but like while we're in private i'm just a grouchy asshole well and it doesn't help that of course the two days that were super long were on the days we typically record yeah <laughs> like, it's also fucking my week over like which, it was like what, we talked tues- about it, like, tuesday you left there fucking what 
noon yeah. or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we never record on Tuesday. It's we, we keep that one separate. And then Wednesday and Thursday, I worked until six and seven o'clock. Yeah. So, so I did get, I did. I, we'll do a little bit more. Um, just heads up guys. Like magic isn't in a great spot right now and we're not happy with it. So we're protesting by doing more us time and less magic time. <laughs> um, on Tuesday, we actually, I got a real dick slap from the universe. Um, at our job, they put up a basketball hoop in the warehouse. Because uh, our supervisor, I believe he coaches basketball. And it's a great, you know, be a little active, you know, move around a little bit. It's a great way to, like, just build camaraderie with a bunch of bunch of people. And absolutely, I got off early and Matt was on his lunch break. And we were like, let's let's shoot some hoops. So we started shooting hoops. And then some people from the office were like, let's, fl- let's play some basketball. So we started playing some two-on-two. And I'm fat. <laughs> I'm so fat. Oh my gosh, I'm so out of shape. And I knew I was out of shape, but I didn't know that I was out of shape. Oh boy. Yep. But it was fun. It I had a lot of fun much. playing. I um, You didn't see, because in game one, I did pretty much nothing. I, the, the culmination of my game one was I had a, a slick pass to my partner to, to get a layup, and we lost like two to five. We only, we only played to five. In game two... I actually uh, put up two or three points, and I had some good drives and some good shots. I actually contributed in game two. Nice. Yeah, I was, I was, I said, I mattered. I, in game one, I, I did not matter. I did nothing. But in game two, I mattered. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it, it was fun. No, go um, ahead. Um, the nice thing is, like, I've been, like, for the past couple weeks, I've just been going for walks on my lunch break. Because, like, now that I'm not running parts anymore, like, I spend a lot of my time, not all of it, but a lot of my time, like, just sitting at a desk, which is not something I'm used to doing at work. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I can sit here and just play Minecraft for 10 hours straight, and that doesn't bother me, except eventually my butt starts to hurt from sitting on a chair, like an office chair. Yep. But, like, just sitting all day at work, I'm used to, like, doing stuff. Like, I mean, the job before this was FedEx. Like, running fucking stops and shit like that. Uh-huh. And then coming here, it was parts running, so I'm, like, in and out, and I'm, like, you know, doing stuff all day. Now I'm just sitting at a computer, ordering parts, or fucking emailing people, like... I've sent, I've spent more time emailing people at this job in this position than I have total my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, it's our it's, company is very big on emails. Well, and I'm I most of my communication actually is with uh another the main branch. Like cuz obviously I don't need to email the people within our office cuz I sit True. right next to them. But like I spend a lot of time communicating with the main branch and like it's just it's just not what I was built to do. So like yep. I'm like I got to get up and start moving and then, you know, we got a basketball hoop and I've been I play I fuck around there every day now. Like I got yep. I bought my own ball, which people were like, "Oh, this ball's not good enough for you." I was like, "I don't really like cuz I got like the uh, the plastic street ball, which is fine, yep. but it's not I really don't like the texture of it." And so I like prefer an actual yeah. like the one I have is a composite. It's a leather composite, so it does plastic and leather mix, but it feels yep. a lot better. They basically yeah. just last a little longer since we're not playing on like a hardwood floor. We're playing on concrete. Uh, yep. Didn't want to just get a traditional like leather one. Um, yeah. And actual oh, like NBA NBA balls like fucking seventy bucks. Oh yeah, I well I, usually a good leather ball. I've like I like fifty bucks is what it costs for like minimum a good basketball. They're yeah. they're annoyingly expensive yeah like i like the one i got um it was only 25 bucks but like the so there one i have is basically the 
It's the same size and everything as the NBA ball, same brand. It's just mm-hmm. not the um, technically the same one. The and they they look almost identical. There's just a different logo on them. I couldn't. I don't know what the actual difference is because they're both nice. the actually apparently the NBA because I, I was googling this trying to find out. The NBA actually uses a composite leather ball as well. Oh, well, there um, you go. But like, so I'm looking at these two, and I'm like, I cannot tell the difference looking at it or feeling them. And one's sixty five dollars, and one's twenty five dollars. Well, that's a good uh, place to get the twenty five dollar. I'm going to use this like a half hour a day. I think I'm going to go with the twenty five dollar one. And if it turns out I wear it out too quick and I'm actually using it a lot, I'll go ahead and just get the other one. Like, yeah, no shit. I'm not going to just be like, cause, I mean, I don't, it's not like I will play basketball nowhere else. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go to the gym and play. I'm not going to buy a hoop for my house. Like, uh-huh. this is the only place I'm ever going to play basketball. And while I enjoy, like, the game, like, I'm not like a basketball guy. I just want, like, it's nice to have basically a way to exercise at work with, like, some something going on other than yeah, just, like, walking in a circle. It's so. passive. It's because, yeah, the alternative would be like sitting on your butt or just walking around in the sun. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is I can, you know, shoot some hoops, chase the ball, jump around a little bit. Yeah. It's a I'm a I, I love working out. I hate lifting weights. I used to go to the gym. I used to go to the gym like four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. I love going to the gym. I hate just doing machines, getting on the treadmill. I I would go play racquetball. I would go rock climb. I would go boulder. I'd go. There was a um like a obstacle course thing like with the like do pull-ups and like go climb up climb down climb over those were so much fun i love doing things i used to i used to go play basketball i used to play basketball all the time i wasn't a good but i just fucking chase the ball around like that stuff's fun yeah so i get like there's a basketball hoop let's go fucking shoot hoops yep so it's been nice it also uh kind of helps me blow off steam because my job is very it's it's the exact thing i didn't want yeah where like I don't, I'm technically not in charge of anyone, but like I spend half my day just like fixing other people's fuck ups. Yep. Oh, this That's... guy didn't, didn't order parts correctly or didn't order parts at all. Or like, yep. Hey, uh, we need a blower motor for this particular furnace. Okay. Uh, what's the part number? I don't know. You find it. How yep, the fuck am job. I supposed That's your job, dude. Your your job is to tell me the part you need. I'll order it, but you got to tell me yeah. the part you need. Or like, hey, they shipped the wrong stuff. It just it's just like mistake after mistake after mistake. And I'm this one of the things I'm finding. Like the more I start really paying attention to it, almost everyone is incompetent yep. or is willfully Guilty. like willfully like bad. Because like, and I'm not talking about like you make. Like you, you, you make good faith mistakes. You're in a profession that you're relatively new at. You're going to make some mistakes. I'm talking yeah. about like, like you've had a couple or like, I was like, Hey, this is actually supposed to be this way. And it immediately changes. Cause like, you didn't know you were doing the wrong thing. This is That's my goal. the same people every time just fucking shit up over uh-huh. and over and over and over again. And it was the same thing. So like I go to that fucking hospital and I'm dicking around with my mom and my dad getting all that stuff done. The uh, he had, My dad had an eye infection that nobody noticed except my mom. He had a sore on his leg that nobody noticed except my mom. Um, they sent him over for a consultation with a doctor. He doesn't know where he is. 
Yeah. So their plan was to send somebody who's not alone. He's alone. Then I I told you this, Jake, but I didn't tell anybody else. They they like scheduled him to like get picked up in a minivan, like a a, um, one that can handle like a wheelchair. They take him over there to the hospital, which is effectively across the street, but it's like the world's longest across the street. Yep. And like they drop him off. Those guys leave, and then the dude who's supposed to pick him up just fucking didn't show up. So he forgot. Right. So my, my mom and I are sitting outside the hospital with my dad as he's, like, crying out in pain because his fucking stroked-out leg is, in, uh-huh. like, is really hurting him, and he can't even say anything. So he's just like, ugh. And he, I mean, he looks like I don't – I'm not I, – I kind of have a morbid sense of humor and, like, a dark sense of humor, but he, he yeah. just – the funny thing is, he looks like a stroke victim. He obviously yep. is, but he's like slumped over, like he can't even hold his head up. And their plan was to send him over there, leave him, have him talk to a doctor when he can't fucking talk, and then what? The dude who's supposed to pick him up just doesn't show? Like, how is that How is that okay? So I'm Googling this fucking guy. It's one dude who, nobody else will know this, but Jake, you know the size of our vans. He bought yeah. one of those, uh-huh. put some equipment into the back, and that's his, like, <laughs> his business license is from his house. <laughs> yep. And, like, he fucking lied to me when I called him. He's like, yeah, you know, like, I had a, I was feeling a little under, under the weather. I'm on my way now, though. It'll be about a, about a half an hour. And then I, like, look where he's at. Like, I start checking in the shit. He lives 45 minutes away. So he yep. lied right off the bat. He also lied to the, uh, he either lied to me or the hospital because they talked to him as well. They told him he had a personal emergency, or he told them he had a personal emergency. He told me he was feeling under the weather. So which fucking yeah. one was it? Yeah, like he's just he's ex- just trying to placate and get out of get out from the fire. Right. He's pulling the same shit that I dealt with at Papa John's, where people call off of work, where it's just yep. like. What are you like? You transport medical patients. You kind of need to come to work when you're fucking scheduled. Yep. Like, there's no like, oh, I just I didn't want to today. Okay, so my dad just stays in the hospital alone with no yeah. one to check yep. up on him and no ability to communicate it's, at all. It's not even that. He just sits in the parking lot. Right. Well, he was. Oh, yeah, you you were in a waiting room, I guess. But yeah, like he just sits in a waiting room. Yeah. Miserable. And that's what it would have been because like there'd been. Like, he can't tell anyone what's going on. If my mom and I hadn't been there, he'd have been fucked. Because, the, yeah. like, the first people would have shown up. Because they, they will take you, uh, they're supposed to take you from your room to the actual room you're supposed to be in. And uh-huh. then they're, take you, they're supposed to take you from that back to your room. And it was funny. Because, like, the guy, he, the guy who showed up to pick him up, he couldn't even, I had to help him get my dad into the vehicle. And then, like, so when he gets back, all I've dealt with is this guy's incompetence Yeah. at a very, like, a not terribly difficult job, but a very important job. And then Uh when he gets back to the hospital, I'm, like, standing, I'm watching him. I'm like, okay, you no longer get to be unsupervised with my dad because you're a fucking idiot. So, like, I'm watching him, like, unload him and whatnot. And I was like, hey, you know, I can take it from here. He's like, no, no, I really pride myself on doing door-to-door service. I'll get him up to his room. I'm like, are you fucking fucking full of shit, dude? You're going to try to pull the holier-than-thou card on me? Like, you don't give a fuck about him, and you don't give a fuck about doing your job correctly. Like, what is... uh, Like, I am... 
you can attest to this. I have a whole lot of patience with people. I've trained people. Yeah. I am a pretty chill guy. It was a good thing I was not carrying. <laughs> I was borderline violent. Like, I... I was real upset. After listening to my dad moan in agony for two fucking hours, I about put this guy in the fucking dirt. Like, yeah. I was pretty upset. And then he I... wants to, like, get, like, shitty with me or, like, pull some shit on me about how good he is at his job. Fuck you. Anywho, sorry. I hate it. No, no, it's... I <laughs> finish your thing. Uh, we're recording remotely, so the timing of yeah. no, no, discussion just... is difficult. That that but, little rant, like I'm I'm pissed off just thinking about it. Like that, yeah. I was so angry. I hate it when anybody that you can just tell is either I don't I don't. Let's we'll start with the first example, which is incompetent. They're just a fucking idiot, and they want to be like, no, but I I really take pride in the work I do, and it's like, no, you don't. Shut up. Because I take pride in the work I do, and it makes me feel good to say that. And I know you're making yourself feel good by saying that, and you're fucking lying to me and you. I right. hate that. The other thing I hate, and this isn't necessarily to insult anyone personally in this regard, is like, so for example, I go into people's houses all the time. That's, you for the most part, you knew I was coming. Some houses are cluttered and or messy. My house is very cluttered. Uh, my wife does a very good job of, she does a lot of the cleaning, uh, but we're, we're both cluttered people. We have a lot of our stuff out personally i'm kind of a messy person i'm not gonna lie to anybody what drives me fucking crazy is when i walk into someone's house and their house is disgusting and they go yeah and they'll like start cleaning in front of me i'm just kind of a neat freak i just like to keep everything picked up or don't worry i'll, I'll go and get that i like to keep everything i just we like to keep things clean around here and it's like no you fucking don't i right. i see it stop lying i know <laughs> that shit like, like i said i'm not when, when someone who is incompetent tries to pretend they're good at their job, that bothers me and I don't like them. But when someone is messy and wants to act like they're not, it's like that. That's just annoying. Stop. It's, it's fine. You're an adult. You're allowed to be messy. You don't lose points with me. Yeah. Like I'm pretty much the opposite. Like I am very like I'll if I start a project and it gets interrupted, a lot of times I'll have it'll take me a minute to go back down there and like clean it up and whatnot. So like. For example, like if I'm fucking around with my cards, like they'll sit yep. out sometimes. But like yep. you've been over to my house. My house very is very clean. like especially the basement. Like the basement is like yep. pretty much for lack of a better word, mine. And like yep. my shit is like everything has a, a place for everything and everything in its place. Like yep. if I take something, I use it and I put it back. And like I uh, And you know for a fact that is not me. <laughs> right. Well, it's just we're just different people. It doesn't bother yeah. me. But like, but but when you come over to my house, I don't have to be like, oh, I'm no. I'll get that. no. I just, we we keep things so clean around here. Yeah. We're just kind of neat freaks. It's like, no, you're not, Jake. Shut up. Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, you so like, I don't. The only thing I like tidy a little bit when you come over, and but not like actually tidy. Like I'll basically uh-huh. pick up my dirty clothes because I base you know this, but I since I get up so early, I pretty much get dressed in the bed, uh, the bathroom, so I don't wake my yep. wife up. I'll throw, I'll get the clothes out of there, right? Yeah, like. So you you see basically our house at its worst. When we have somebody over to do work, we clean. We I actually know. clean. So oh, like, Sarah and I, yeah, Sarah and I do too. Like because it if, is if embarrassing. My, <laughs> uh huh. If my dad's coming up to whatever, or like oh yeah, it's like when uh, one of the guys was coming over from our company to do the AC stuff. Yeah, like we went through, like we swept the floors, we picked up, we didn't do a deep clean, we don't scrub, but like like it is a higher level of cleanliness and tidiness than when it's just us or just you yeah 100 so. percent. 
people but, are. Like I said, if you're if listener, if you have a messy house and you are okay having a messy house, just own it. It's fine. We're all grown ups. We're all different. When I come into your home to do plumbing stuff and you're like, I'm sorry my house is messy, I don't give a shit. It's not my house. Right. Honestly, mention, as, oh, go ahead. I say as long as there's not like dog shit on the floor, I, I don't care. It well, doesn't that's, that's what I was gonna say. Like if if you just have the basic level of messiness, you have no clue what's out there. When you start yep. to go in people's homes, like there's hoarders and like some people uh-huh. just can't they literally can't help themselves. So like it happens a lot with older people where they just yeah. they've gotten to the point they still live alone, but realistically they probably shouldn't because they're just yep. on the edge of not being able to take care of themselves. And so like yep. messes just don't get cleaned up, things just don't get fixed. Uh-huh. So like when you're used to seeing that on a pretty regular basis, coming into a cluttered house, you're like, Yeah, dude, it doesn't smell like death in here, so you're good. Oh <laughs> my like, um, again, it'll be a little short of the magic this week. Speaking of smelling like death, um, we'll end this hour and a half, hour and ten long introduction um, with a case in point. Like, I went to a house, and, like, so my thought when I was in this house was, I literally, these words, were, I was like, this is, that's why Sarah and I are waiting to have kids, so our house never fucking looks like this. <laughs> because I don't know if it's because they don't have any money. I don't know. I don't know these people. Or they both work so hard they don't have any time. Or but they had um, probably three or four kids in the house, and it was fucking disgusting. It was dirty. There was shit. Not like poop. There was shit everywhere. Clothes. There was drawings on the walls. There, like just garbage everywhere. The fucking kitchen was gross. The house was disgusting. And I was like, I. The reason we haven't had children yet, where we want to soon, was we weren't financially ready to be able to care for children in a way that it needs to be done. And I went into a house and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what we're working to avoid. Yep. Because I can envision a world where, where like, you you both work 60 hours a week because that's what it takes to keep things. And you don't have time to keep the house super clean and what I get it, I, I guess. Well, like, that's why we don't have any kids, because we're not going to be there. I'm not going to freaking work two part-time jobs, 55 hours a week, making eight bucks an hour, and not have time to keep the house reasonably clean. Right. Um, and then to cherry on the cherry on the top, and this is this is not their fault in the slightest. This is not a knock against those people at all. Um, I found the worst thing you can find in a crawl space. The What's worst that? thing. Could you imagine what the worst thing you could find in someone's crawl space is? Uh, Short of, like, a dead body. Not a dead body, but, like... Uh, the fir- honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was a basilisk from Harry Potter. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, reason within reason, Matt. And if you don't uh, want to guess, like, I uh, basically an infestation of something. So, like fleas, ticks, rats, something like that okay. is what I would think uh, of. You're in the right category. Um, at some point, a little while ago, their back bathroom stopped flushing. Right, they'd flush it a few times, and it would fill up the to- the tub and then drain super slow. Mm-hmm. But the front bathroom worked fine. Well, as it turns out, those bathrooms were tied together and they broke apart. Oh, so God. the pipe Once. has basically folded in on itself. So by flushing it, what's happening is it's filling the pipe up and then slowly draining into the crawl space. And the other bathroom just flushes directly into the crawl space. Yep. So they're just flushing their toilet underneath their house. Yep. And like, as it, like again, there is um, in the home, and I'm, I'm not even saying their house stank because it didn't, in my opinion. It was gross and disgusting, but it didn't stink. There was no like rotten smell in one of the rooms, usually in your um, in your utility room in a house where it'll have several pipes that go into the floor. Mm-hmm. So you have basically more holes to the floor. I opened it and was like, 
Uh oh, that's <laughs> never a good smell. Yep. So like, I'm not. I'm. I'm very much. I. I. I throw shade where it's earned, and I'm not going to throw any shade at them for not catching this because most people don't check their crawl space. Like, I didn't smell it in the house, uh, but. Yeah, it was fucking awful. It was there was just straight up toilet paper and like two inches of sewage water down there. It was one of the worst things. And that was they were they were nice, the, the husband and wife. But that is like my least favorite part of my job is having to like come to people with the bad news of. So it's going to cost a lot of money to fix this. And we'll only fix it after you pay someone else a lot of money to clean all that shit up. Yeah. Because we're not working in that. So you need to go pay a different company a lot of money before you can pay my company a lot of money. And you need to be paying us all quickly because you're flushing your toilet under your house. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So anyway, do you know who doesn't flush their toilet under their house? Uh, Who's that, Jake? (laughs) Our patrons, hopefully. Uh, Check your crawl space, guys, just in case. Um, But a huge shout out to our patrons. They help support the show in a very real, meaningful way. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Thank you to Empra, who puts our stuff on Reddit every single week. Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Uh, thank you for being active in the Discord. It's awesome getting to chit-chat with you guys. We're actually, um, the Minecraft server that Matt and I are playing on, I gotta get a few people added, but, like, I have room for, like, ten more people. I basically rented a realm. So, like, we're getting them in, we're gonna have a little Minecraft thing going on. We play, uh, we play Magic sometimes, we'll play Modern, a little bit of Legacy here and there. It's kind of a cool little community, and we got all kinds of stuff over at uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash Cantor Cartel. So go check that out. Um, you know, join on, give us a $1, get you access to the Discord. Uh, we get bonus content every week we're going to record after this. But uh, now that it, we're an hour and 10 minutes into the podcast, Matt, how's Legacy looking? Uh, basically, if you don't like Bowmaster, you should probably... <laughs> find another <laughs> either skip legacy or and modern to be fair uh, like yeah. um, well you know, you know you know what i like about legacy is it's a nice stable format it doesn't change very often it's you you have the 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 meta will ebb and flow but it's very consistent you don't get like huge upheavals you know what i mean so when yeah. i go spend like a thousand dollars two thousand dollars three thousand dollars on a deck i can, it's reliably gonna be you know comp or playable for a little while that's what i like about legacy yeah, the uh, so so it's kind of weird. So your point, I totally get the because like there's all these things keep uh, there keeps being like forced rotation and whatnot in these formats, and that's just been driving us. We were talking about it before the show. It was just like, well, we might as well just play standard because like if legacy and modern are going to rotate all the time, then why wouldn't you just play the cheaper standard? I mean, yeah. game gameplay aside, obviously the the gameplay of legacy is in general more engaging than it is in standard. But yes. like, that's one of the, that's one of supposed to be one of the selling points um, of the uh, eternal formats is they don't rotate. So you buy, you know, you buy elves and elves is just a deck and it has been for the past 10 years. So like, yep. it's probably going to be a deck tomorrow. Um, and that's not necessarily in, in the case its, <laughs> in its original form for the most yeah, pretty part. close. Like the cards are supposed to trickle, not flood into the format. Um, the fact of the matter is, though, it's it's kind of weird. So, like, almost all the same decks still exist as they did before the Lord of the Rings set. They just yep. all have black in them now for one card. Yep. <laughs> so, like, uh, like, like we talked about, like, this is just a 
it, we've got a legacy showcase qualifier from Sunday to talk about. It's the same. It's the same thing here. So like, it's not just dominated by one deck, but like, Orcish Bowmasters is tied for first place in most played cards in this. This is yeah. the showcase qualifier. We're only looking at thirteen decks in this for whatever reason. I don't know if that's how many people qualified or if that's just there was an issue scraping the data. Yep. But if you, uh, I also looked at the. Uh, that's the actual just Sunday challenge and Bowmasters is 16 in 69% of decks in that. Like nice. it's just taken over the format. It was the most played card in that by far. Um, yeah. The next closest one was 47%. So I had a 22% uh, lead over the next most played card, which was, if I remember correctly, either brainstorm or force of will. So like, we're not even the brainstorm format anymore. <laughs> we're the Bowmasters yeah. format anymore. Um, yep. That is on top of the fact that there's also, it was something I was going to bring up last week, where like five of the top eight decks, if I remember correctly, had a their one of their the most defining cards in the deck, or like the card, the cards that are defining legacy right now, aren't even from Magic's own IP. So yeah. we've got Lord of the Rings is shitting all over Magic right now. So it's just like, well. I'm not even. I don't even have the uh, the benefit of being like. Well, at least it's a really fun like magic card. It's like nope. Uh, I'm a modern player, and uh, whether or not I like Lord of the Rings and my magic, I have to deal with it because you know the One Ring, which like I will say, at least Orcish Bowmasters could very easily not be a Lord of the Rings card. It's orcs. Yes, orcs exist. They're not very common in Magic. Like they don't have a ton. Like they they've kind of gone away from orcs. They used to have a, a, not an even split, but a more even split between like orcs and goblins, but it's mostly just orcs or mostly just mm -hmm. goblins now. Um, but like Bowmasters could 100% just be from any, you know, generic magic set. The One Ring isn't. <laughs> no. Nope. Like, it's right there in the fucking name. And like it is just all over oh. the place in modern. And it's also really seeing a lot of play in uh, legacy as well so like if you don't like these universes beyond cards which i don't yeah like you there's no escaping them even in your competitive formats yep so as someone who is while i am opposed to the universes beyond relatively speaking not nearly as much as matt i don't i it's i've i basically let it go i it, it bothered me i decided that i liked magic more than i disliked these so i let it go um what i really hate is the fact that like these new like direct to modern sets essentially come out the modern horizon stuff and they're just they're geared to be incredibly competitive and like this one wasn't as bad as modern horizons 2 which put in like like 15 new fucking cards but like it just slammed in two or three new cards at incredibly high play rates and just completely up like up a huge upheaval to the way magic is played and i want to make a reference to another podcast i listened to actually several podcasts the most recent one, I think, was um, uh, Eternal Glory. But they were talking about how, like, because of, like, Orcish Bowmasters, you have to completely reevaluate a lot of your core fundamental gameplay lines in Legacy now. That's how powerful this card is. You have to completely, like, rethink the way you play the game of Magic in Legacy because of these new cards they printed, and they're so powerful. And, like, that's not what I'm looking for in Legacy, personally which is why I don't like them. Well, and it's the thing is, is that kind of stuff is fine if it happens once in a while, but it already just happened with the, the previous model. It happens like almost yep. every time there's a set, like there's, they're not doing a very good job 
uh, dialing that power level these cards in. So, like, stuff sneaks through, and it just, like, time after time after time, it's not just, like, a couple additions to the format that have, like, interesting little mini-games and magic and whatnot, like, within a game. It's, hey, now we have Orcish Bowmasters. Every deck is now different, and you have to play everything differently, which... yeah wouldn't be the end of the world if it didn't happen all the time but like there's like on a numbers uh on a numbers basis bowmasters is like you want to talk about pillars of the format bowmasters is the format yeah, like 100 you're talking about the entire history of magic and it's like nope we've just got this one card now and it's just yeah it's like we like we named our podcast Cantor Cartel to make fun of how obscenely overplayed Brainstorm and Ponder is, and like Bowmasters is already above it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> which which again, like that's the funny thing is, is when that happened with Initiative, that didn't like I was a little bit more on board with that because it was one deck, so it was just like okay, we're gonna nope. have like if we're gonna have a non-blue deck that's able to compete with the Cantrips. And the the blue soup, it's gonna have to be strong, and it's gonna have it's going to shake up the format a little bit. Like it's a new deck, and that's fine. And to be fair, uh, it did take over the format. It was a little too strong, and I even yep. uh, uh, I would say underestimated how strong it was with that three drop. But I mean, effectively, it was one card. It was the three drop that was busting things because they banned the three drop, and now initiative still exists, but it's just a deck one among many. Like it's not yeah. head and shoulders the better the best deck by any stretch of the imagination, but it does still exist. There's two of them in the top in the thirteen of this legacy showcase qualifier, so it's still very real. But it's not like you know the end of the world, right? Yep. This the Bowmasters thing though is just fucking ridiculous. Like yeah, it is know. all over the it's place. It's everywhere. So as a as a protest, like I said, we did a much longer intro, and we're gonna do like. Yeah. 20 minutes on each format there How's the that funny sound, thing is Matt? yeah that, there's really only one deck i actually want to talk about the others are just going to be and i'll do a perfect example of this first place i do want to we're still going to shout them out congratulations yep. you won a showcase showcase qualifier that's fantastic uh we had b new brought it home with painter red painter with bowmasters in it yep like i would the funny thing is i would actually be here's the deal if this was a introduction and like Bowmasters was kind of a like a more niche card, it would actually be interesting to talk about the way that it's affecting the format. But yep. the fact of the matter is, one of two things are going is going to happen in this, in my opinion. Like I'm just looking at this, looking at the numbers. Either Bowmasters is going to get banned, and yep. in the meantime, between now and then, Legacy is going to suck, or it's not going to get banned, and Legacy is going to suck indefinitely until there's a card that can knock it out of its place so like yeah. to be perfectly honest i'm not terribly interested in the oh how do i play around bowmasters and what does like what does this mean for legacy games and like what does it mean for the metagame quite frankly i don't care because this metagame is either doa or the permanent state of things in which i'm just not interested in playing this either like we got yeah. two good months of like legacy was the shit yep. <laughs> like and then we're right back to this where it's just like... <laughs> then a Universes Beyond came out. Then Universes Beyond came out and did exactly what I said it would... Like, we haven't... So, one of the things, uh, if anybody has noticed, I don't have anything good to say about this Lord of the Rings set. So, we just don't talk about it. Because, like, all it would be would mean me ranting for as long... Until Jake tells me to shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could do... Yeah. 
three or four full, like I could probably do a five hour monologue about how much I hate this set, the reasons why, and the universe is beyond on a, as a broader issue. I hate it yep. all. So we just don't talk about it as far as like a topic. Yeah. We'll talk about the individual cards and their effect on the format. We're yep. just done bringing that up. Everyone knows my opinions on it. It's just a waste of a waste of air, uh, breath. Like so, we just don't do it. Yeah. Um. Like, what the hell are we supposed to talk about with Legacy for the next? I mean, they they didn't they just announce like a few like before the Lord of the Rings set that they were only going to be doing bannings like once or twice a so, year now. So the way it works. So I I, I think. The vibe that came out with that was it's kind of more geared towards standard, but the way it works is when a set comes out, they have they give themselves like a, a one month emergency ban time window. So they they allot themselves a month to be like, oh shit, we printed Oko, ban it. And then if it doesn't get banned in that month, yes, they're gonna do ban announcements once a year. That's their plan. And it's been um, it's already been a month, right? Uh it's been pretty fucking I don't close th- to a month. Think so. It might have been. It's, I hope not. I, I, I don't, it might be a month or might be two months or maybe it was, it could be two months, could be three. They, they give themselves some time. They give themselves a chunk of time. Um, I don't know if they, they didn't really explicitly mention, I don't think, like legacy and modern, the older formats that are a little more difficult to let things shake out. They were kind of more geared towards standard in that announcement. But if you're going by the letter of the law of what they said, then yeah, you're looking at between 30 and 60 days. If we don't ban it in like between 30 and 60 days, it's not getting banned for a year. Or at least until the next, the yearly ban announcement. Now, I do think our yearly ban announcement is in August. Oh, that's handy. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Because in two days, so uh, June 23rd is when the Lord of the Rings set came out. So they better gotcha. decide fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, and I, I, this is, I've, I've heard this. I haven't been tracing it super close. So this could be all way off, guys. But um, I, I think it's like late summer. Or going like either late summer or going into the fall set was going to be their yearly ban announcement. Is what they were going to start doing it. Yeah, like that in and of itself just makes me really worried for Legacy because they're the problem with Legacy is assuming that applies to Legacy. Let's just you know that has yep. to be a caveat. Assuming it applies to Legacy because it may not. The fact of the matter is they always give the bullshit excuse of oh well Legacy is a format that's known for self correcting. It hasn't done that in like ten fucking years. Mm-mm. Like. Everything nope. that's taken basically since Delver of Secrets has been introduced into the format, everything that has kind of gotten banned was banned and was like it just doesn't. I mean, kind of it's kind of circular to say that like it never got it never self corrected. There hasn't been a whole lot of self correcting happening. Something gets yeah. introduced, it takes over, and it's not like it like balances out and people figure out a way to beat it. Now, there has yep. been a few cases of that, but the majority of the time it's new broken card it gets it's either like you know something like underworld breach which deservedly got banned like real yeah. quick um yep. or it's new card it's for delver yep. and <laughs> That's what I say. it just gets the format gets you know shit on for the next six months to a year and is unplayable and or at least unenjoyable it's obviously not literally unplayable but yes. like just like a really bad format and then they ban it and then Within the next six months, they introduce another card that goes into it, and they, yep. you just keep doing this cycle. Uh, or the, the funny or thing they is, print, they'll print a card that warps an entire deck around it, like Oko or uh, Astrolabe. Yeah, and again, like that, or or uh, Season Dungeoneer, where like that's just what you do now until they ban it. Yeah, yeah. So there's not a whole lot of self-correcting going on because the problem is the cards that are getting banned are not 
a few percentage points here or there better. They're typically speaking head and shoulders a bit better than what the rest of the format's doing. So it's yep. play this new powerful card or be at a severe disadvantage. Uh-huh. Now, the 100%. flip side of that is when there's, you know, Legacy has between 10 and 20 what I would call viable decks. Like, even if a few, like, even if, like, half of those are taken over by the new card, you have this illusion that the format is still kind of pseudo-playable because there's still, you know, there's still decks that don't run black. So there's going yeah. to be decks that don't have Bowmaster in them. But, like, yep. what you've done is now split the format between Bowmaster decks and non-Bowmaster decks, as opposed to literally less than a month ago, we had the most diverse format currently in Magic. Like, Legacy yep. was the place to be there was any number of decks anything was like anything went two months like i'm like five weeks ago and now we're right back to this shit so anywho we can bang these decks out real quick uh yeah, like so, i said it was painter with bowmaster yep the then black cards got, in the sideboard are just like fairy macabre and leyland of the void right uh then we've got grix's tempo with bowmaster a dark uh-huh, blast uh-huh. in the side guess what <laughs> Kills dark blast kills, bowmasters. Bowmasters. <laughs> hey, there's there's. A, there's I, a, I will say that is good tech. Like I like that tech. Like dark dark blast uh-huh. is a cool card, and I like seeing it come back. It also does have some cool synergy with like Merktide Regent and uh, yep. like uh, DRC. So like yep. getting Delirium or uh, Delve turned on with dark blast while killing you know a bunch of one drops in particular yep. bowmaster. That's good tech. Um, and if there like, was one more notable card in here, we do have a predict. Yep. We've cool. got to predict in a Knight's Whisper. Like, they're yep. fight, basically fighting for the same spot of, like, go up a card for two mana. So, yep. Knight's Whisper is going to be more consistent, but it costs more and is a sorcery. Costs more in life, obviously. Same mana cost. Um, and then predict is less consistent, has a higher up end, but, and is an instant. So, like, but you're both just, those both, both of those, I just go, and like, yeah, the, you just want to play Expressive Iteration, and you can't. <laughs> like, that's yep. what that is. <laughs> yep. And it's just like, well, you know, drawing two for two, going up a card for two mana, it was pretty good. So people are still trying to force that in there. And like the fact of the matter is like the surface level thing with expressive iteration is it's going up a card for two, but it's not just going up a card for two. Looking at three and getting the best two is yeah. way better than just drawing two off the top. And then the selection was all, huge. The selection's huge, and there was no like hoops to jump through. So like, yeah, Knight's Whisper, you just draw the. So not only do you, are you just drawing two, you're also losing two life, which does matter. Yep. And then predict you've got to jump through hoops, which the hoops are reasonable given that you've got you know eight ways to manipulate the top of your deck. Yeah. But like, and I, if I remember correctly, look at the. Yeah, you can also use Bobble to do that as well. So you can look. Yes, you can. And then predict. Um, so so 12 ways, really, to kind of abuse predict. So one's but probably it's, fine in there, but it's still a hoop they, that you can't just go yeah. off the top of your deck, expressive iteration, get the best two cards out of three, beat your opponent to death with Merktide. Yep. So like, There are games where like it's, it's turn 10, we're in top deck wars, and one of us top decks predict, and one of us top decks express, expressive iteration. And it's not even comparable. Yep. So, um, that's that. Unless you have something to add to it. <laughs> nope. The next one's cool. kind of interesting. Yeah, no this is the one I, yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, one, it's piloted by Archon. So, anytime Archon's doing anything, uh, I want to know what he's doing. 
He's a fantastic player. Uh, two, it's using a whole bunch of broken cards. Yep. <laughs> it also has this a looks... tabletop price of $9,000. <laughs> this looks kind of like uh, that Honorog list I was tooling around with on uh, MTGO. Mm-hmm. So using yes. Delighted Halfling to rush out things like Uro and Fairy Time Raveler, uh, the One Ring, like just using or a Delighted Halfling to power out these legendary spells that are uncounterable. Yeah, so this, I look at this and I go, okay, this is Jake's wet dream for what he yeah. wants to play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like know, it a lot. Like, I know you don't love Yorion decks, but like online, I don't really see what the difference would be, to be perfectly honest, because um, you're just drawing cards. So it's not like you even had to deal with the like eight, 20 yeah. extra cards you had to shuffle and shit like that. And exactly. the 20 extra cards allows you to run a lot more of the stuff that you actually want to play. So you wanted yep. to dick around with the one ring which I think I is perfectly reasonable to test in Legacy. It's dominating Modern. It's a very yep. powerful effect. It makes no sense at all to just write this card off, and it's already seeing play in several decks. So you've got that. We've got to test. Of course, you're running no everything but red, so you've got Bowmasters in there. So we've got uh -huh. those two cards. Then you've got your other favorite card, <laughs> Leyline Binding. <laughs> Yes, I was like, yep, Jake's going to want to play that. And that's one of the things that contributes to the cost. So this is a $9,000 deck without Tabernacle. Yeah. So, like, it's got, well, you got so many dual lands in it. Uh-huh. It has four-color mana base, has all the dual lands. It's got four Mox Diamonds. It's got uh, it's got the, the all the new expensive cards. So the Bowmasters and the Rings. Yeah, this deck is obscene. And it looks like so much fun to play. Yeah, it does look like it'd be a lot of fun to play. I I love hate the fact that you can have a four color deck and two wastelands in it. Yep. Um obviously you got Life from the Loam to not only abuse your fetches, Cephalid Coliseum and the Wastelands, uh, but to also counteract Wasteland itself now that Delver's now a very real threat again. So you need yep. you've definitely gonna want those loams to get your lands back because i mean your four color deck it's not unheard of that you're going to be shut off from one of these colors dude nothing feels better though than like have fighting that wasteland fight of being like man i only have two lands i'm off my colors blah 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 and then you top deck loam and you're like oh sweet let me get these three lands back and your opponent's like so the last four turns didn't fucking matter cool yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> They did and not, my friend. You've pushed yourself longer into the game, and most likely your better cards, less efficient cards, more powerful cards are going to take over from uh -huh. the uh, you know more efficient kill you quick yep. kind of threats. Because because uh, his half of his hand went to de destroying my lands, half of my hand went to countering all his countering all his spells, and we're just staring at each other. Yeah, and my top decks are better. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, the other interesting thing, we don't see these very often, so it's worth bringing up. This deck actually has a triumph to turn on Leyline Binding. Like, we just very, very notable. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, but it's just something worth noting. Like, hey, Leyline Binding, even in Legacy, like, if you're going to run it, can, it's worth having a triumph to just ah. turn that card on. So it even has Cephalid Coliseum. Yep. Which yep. you, I mean, again, here here's narrow, right? But you can... Make them draw three cards, ping them for three with Orcish Bowmasters, and pump your army by three. Yep. And they don't even net cards. <laughs> like they get they, to they get to filter, they draw three, then discard yeah. three. But if they're hellbent, they just they're basically just milling three and taking yep. an extra six. <laughs> like, it, yeah. <laughs> Cephalid Cephalid Coliseum represents six extra damage. Yeah. <laughs> that is bonkers. Yeah. So again. 
that was about the only deck that I really yeah. wanted to bring up. Uh, we so this looks like a cool three deck. Lord of the Ring cards. This delighted halfling. We hadn't. I don't remember if we talked about it much because we didn't record last week, so I don't remember what the fuck we talked. We about. We talked about it in modern quite a bit, but yeah, it's it's a very good card. The honestly, one of the biggest things that a lot of people miss is like the fact that it has two toughness really matters. Uh, yes. Not quite as much in Legacy. If like let's assume Bowmasters eventually well. does get banned then that minus that one doesn't really make a big difference but in modern ren and six is still everywhere so being yep. like ren and six proof that is a big deal so huge yeah huge all right next up we've got let's make sure i'm not full of shit here before i uh get a little sarcastic yeah so it's uh green white depths with bowmasters <laughs> <laughs> yep it's uh, yep. it's almost as if there's no black cards. Hey, there's a surgical and a fairy macabre, two spells you never float black for. Right, and there's thoughtseize in the side, like okay, Ooh. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure there's nothing that we're missing here. I don't see anything yeah, in there. I that's me neither. Except it's, it's your traditional like, um, it's just a, a full like eight rot, or uh, no, this is his twelve rot. We have yeah, nine. it's got reclaimers, reliquary, yeah. and crop rotation. Although Traditional tech, twelve rot deck. They did cut one crop rotation because you got to make room for the the bowmasters. The bowmasters, so yeah. You cut, you cut a crop rotation and a couple prismatic endings. I mean, I don't know exactly what they cut because, like, you yeah. know, list well, change, the numbers change week to week or whatever. But like, we haven't seen we and we haven't seen this we haven't seen this list for a little while. For being honest, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Next up, let's see what this one is. Uh, this is just traditional lands. Uh, it's green white. Mm-hmm. No bowmasters. Hey, uh, no the little exception things in here. Life. Um, Grove of the Burn. There's no Grove of the Burn Willows or uh, Punishing Fire, which mm-hmm. we saw crop up the last time we saw lands. Yep. Uh, so I don't know if that's still the thing or not, but this is another $8,000 deck, although half of this is t- got a tab. This yeah. got a tabernacle in it. Um, yeah, there, there's most of the cost, but again, it's lands, it's all the expensive lands. Yeah. Um, just want and to look through here. I think they run four mocks. Yep, four mocks. Like, uh, yeah. again, so half the cost is in Tabernacle. A quarter of the cost is in Mox Diamond. Yep. All right. And it doesn't look like this is this list has made any major concessions, which, to be fair, makes sense, to Bowmaster. Um, so I don't see anything in here it wouldn't <laughs> normally have. I, I'm it not honestly probably got. Deck. It probably got quite a boon with... So think about it. If every deck's priority now is basically to kill Bowmaster. So if... If removal becomes at more of a premium in the format, well, the deck that runs zero creatures just gets a huge bump from. Oh that. yeah, like there's, there's just, just a there's ton just so of many dead more cards. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, lands did well. Uh, there's basically nothing from that I can see in here from Lord of the Rings in it. So, this looks like a. Oh no! Oh no! Never mind. I saw Valley of Gorgoroth and I was like, oh, is that? But it's just one of the uh, basically the altars the, the, they do. The reskins. Yeah, it's, it's wasteland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep on we go yeah oh they made a bag end one cool all right six places death shadow with bowmasters now at least in death shadow's defense it was already a black deck <laughs> yep it makes perfect sense they would um they would do this like they also have adopted the troll of kaza doom yep um but it makes perfect sense they would do this the 
obviously Bowmaster is super powerful. It's very good in this deck. It punishes. I mean, the funny thing is you can also. Oh, it's just an opponent. Okay, so you can't hit yourself with it. Oh no, you can't. But oh, you hundred percent can hit yourself when they draw, but you can't force yes. yourself. So like, you can still hit yourself. So you could, in theory, do that. Do it that way. Um, I don't know how often you're doing that, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is if you're a twenty and they brainstorm, you might as well dome yourself for. Unless it's going to like do something real with them, dome yourself for three, and then you still get the, the well, three just, three or the. Plus it's always those numbers. lines of like you know you have two death shadows and like you know now their brainstorm could represent an extra six power on your board. Yeah. So, um, and again, you still get to pump the uh, the you get to amass the orc. Yep. Uh, it's minor, see. but it's always a thing. Yep. Um, again, I love the. Uh, the swamp cycling with the reanimate. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it lets you drop down to 16 lands. Really yeah. low land count. We've got four cyclers here. Yeah. And to be fair, one of the things, it's kind of a trick from, uh, not that, you know, legacy players didn't know this, but it's something that gets, that happens a lot in Popper is use the, the swamp cycling card in that it's uh, in Popper's Ash Barons to yep. uh, shuffle from your brainstorm. So you've got extra shuffles for your brainstorm. Oh, that's you don't a have very a fetch. good point. So you can just, you know, brainstorm, get your cards swamp cycling the troll so that's in the yeah, graveyard just, now you get your underground sea or your watery grave you've cleared the top three and now you reanimate the troll out and take well, six and so. another way to look at it is like it's just that much harder to brick with brainstorm now like getting yep. brainstorm loft is just that much i like and uh, you can also um think about it this way you can you, eat, let's say you've cracked a fetch this turn or you want to you you want to brainstorm and you don't have access to a fetch well, now you can shuffle instant speed semi-reliably. Mm-hmm. Like, there's lots of times where, like, maybe you crack your fetch, you know, for whatever reason, you crack your fetch and you have to get your, you get that island to play the brainstorm, and now you're kind of brainstorm locked until you untap. Well, you can untap before you draw, cycle, shuffle your library. Yeah. Yep, there's all you kinds have an of, instant, like, an cool Instant speed tricks. shuffles, very valuable with brainstorm. Yep, 100%. Uh, then we've got so the rest of the main looks pretty stock. Palantir's um, in the side again. The Palantir yep, fourth stack. Yep, got that. Um, nothing crazy though. Nothing crazy. So just the. Palantir What's this Orcus Bowmaster card? That's kind of new. Uh, I heard it sucks. It's just a bunch of hype. <laughs> Awfully up, expensive for a shitty card. I mean, hell, the seventh they're place 50, list doesn't even have them. <laughs> they're so fifty bucks a piece. Oh my god. Yeah. Only six of the top eight decks are running Bowmaster. It's not that big of a deal. Anywho, seventh place. Uh huh. <laughs> We've got oh uh, Jeskai Control. I well, stand actually, it's a could... it's closer to Stoneblade. Stoneblade. Yeah. And uh, they have three Jace the Mind Sculptor. Did nobody tell? Did nobody tell Z Nudes that uh, the One Ring is just better than Jace the Mind Sculptor? Hell, they probably have bat. Yeah, they have Batter Skull. You have Life Gain. Yeah, I don't know. I I'd be curious as to the re- his reasoning behind that. Um, obviously, you know, like, it I'm worked. Just, I, don't get me wrong. It yeah, worked. Yeah, it worked. And Jace is a powerful card. I'm not saying Jace isn't powerful. I'm just saying he's not nearly powerful enough. That's what I'm saying. Not re- not when the in my opinion, not when the one rings out there. Like, uh huh. Like I can still see it if you didn't have it, but like like if the one ring didn't exist, because I yes I think. I think Wandering Emperor and Jace are probably a little closer than people give it credit for. Probably. Uh, I, I, in general, I think Wandering Emperor is probably well, the better card, but like uh, I think Jace is not that far behind. Uh, so in my opinion, that math changed a lot 
when Legacy kind of moved around a little bit and Red Blast wasn't in 60% of decks. Right. Now the math changes and Jace got Jace got better overnight when Delver stopped being 25-30% of the meta. And, you know, two or three Red Blasts wasn't main board. Right. Exactly. Jace gets way, way better. Yeah. Um, now, the cool thing is the one ring, both it dodges Red Blast anyway and it draws more cards than Jace. So there's that. And it even, like, where Jace bounces a creature to buy you a turn. Well, so is the one ring. Yeah. doesn't bounce it, but... It buys you a turn. Not to mention, half the cards in fucking Legacy these days, I don't want to bounce. They all have good ETBs. Right. Yeah, the, the bouncing, the uh, return target creature to its owner's hand is not the, like... <laughs> it's not the <laughs> protection plan that it used to be. <laughs> yeah. It isn't the gotcha like we used to... Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... That's that's That, to me, is questionable i can understand again, not wanting to dip your toe into that and going with something you know pretty well because again jace is still a reasonably powerful card but yep it's true um I, yeah, I also true name in the main that's a that's a choice well true name doesn't die to a um a bowmaster and walks right past the amass token like that is very true and it, yeah it either stands in front of it perfectly or charges right through yep so it's just like i'm gonna give him a, a culture complete so, and your bowmaster can i say off. how do you feel about calling this stone blade when there's no blades uh i mean i'm it's gonna i know uh, stone skull because it, <laughs> it is stone forge mystic it still has a like, stone forge mystic yeah the stone blade on like the stone blade count when it's just batter skull and cauldron i don't know because it's hey uh, to be fair the blade, the word blade was never, I don't think is in the swords and Calder Complete does still carry a sword. Oh my gosh. Are we doing this? Is this, is this the <laughs> reaching we're going to do? It still technically has a sword in the deck. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, does, oh, when they, when, no, Matt, Stone Blade stands for, so it's Jeskai, Stoneforge Mystic, and the blade in Swords to Plowshares. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there you go. That's what it's always been. Yeah. But, I also uh, love um, the the mild, mild OCD in me loves that it's one Narset, two Teferi, and three Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yep, me too. I notice that kind of stuff too, and it's just like one, two, three. Um, two of your favorite sideboard card in the side, uh, Lavinia. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And Stony Silence, is that what you're getting at? Or Containment Priest? I love both of those cards. <laughs> but uh, I love yeah. the end of festivities hate for... Uh, I'm. For bowmasters and any and, and elves and uh, death and taxes, like yeah. I do love the X one hate in and the festivities. Yep the uh, the fact of the matter is, I mean, uh, I think Aaron Relentless top aided with elves on in the the same day, but there was a challenge as well as the showcase quali- showcase qualifier. So I don't know which elves build it was. Probably reclaimer gotcha. elves, if I had to guess, with all the bowmasters rolling around. But like. We haven't seen elves since, like, the ban. Mm-mm. Like, not re- it, we not haven't really. seen not in any real way. So, like, at this point, I don't know why online people would be even like. There's some like in the festivities. In my opinion, is how I would attack elves currently because, like, I don't think it's popular oh, enough to justify its own slots. Like, do you know what I would do to to fight elves? Hmm. Run Bowmaster. What are you talking well, yeah, about? But well, like it, obviously that. But what I mean is like this deck. So we're looking at Stoneblade. Yeah, they're not guy. running black. So like I wouldn't 
I wouldn't well, pivot into some weird, like, very narrow, very strong anti-elf hate. I'd be running stuff like in the festivities, which is good against a whole lot of shit that you can still bring in. It's still very strong against elves, but it's not only good against elves. Yes. Because, like, elves just is not really a competitor in, uh, in any well, it's real that, way like, in this format. It's, a, it's back to being, like, a half a percent deck, a one percent deck. And, no, I don't, I don't really build my sideboards as much with the one percent decks in mind. Yeah. All right. Let's round out the top eight. Hey, look. It's Grixis Delver, which is Blue Red Delver with Bowmasters and Bowmasters. Uh, that was something we we were talking about uh, on the Discord a little bit was Cast in the Fire. And it's the same kind of thing that I was talking about on there where, like, Cast in the Fire is decent against elves, but I wouldn't, if I was going to sideboard against elves, like, I wouldn't yep. build my sideboard with Cast in, uh, yeah. into the Fire in mind. But it's but, just a good, like, if I'm playing elves and I have cast into the fire in my sideboard, I'll bring it in. But, like, if well, I'm I, in a sideboard against elves, I want, like, Plague Engineer or, like, a board sweeper or something Well, like I could that. see looking at a sideboard and being, like, you know, I had this cast in the fire for whatever other things. And then I'm, like, okay, what do I do in the case of elves? Well, I do have some cast in the fires. That's something. Yeah. So it kind of fills that slot of, like, I get the warm fuzzies of, I do have some cards to bring in against elves in cast in the fire, even though they're not, they wouldn't be my first choice. Whereas, like... You know how when you're looking at your sideboard and like, oh man, what if if someone plays Hogak against me, I'm just fucked. I'm mm-hmm. just fucked. Whereas now you get to be like, well, no, I have a couple good cards against them. Yeah. The problem with Cast in the Fire is it does what you kind of want it to do. So like if you're on the play and you can like end of turn, wait for them to like play their couple dudes and then kill them both and kind of like pseudo time yep. walk them. That's cool. Um, Other Bowmaster. Yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm talking about, like, you know, Grix's Tempo versus Elves, yes. right? And obviously, we're leaving Bowmasters aside. I, but just talking about this card, you go, you know, like, I'm Delver, I'm on the play. Uh, elves, you know, I do whatever. Elves does its thing, plays, you know, a Dryad Arbor. Green Sun's out of Dryad Arbor, right? Turn two, yeah. I, I've i got Instant, so I want to hold something up. So, like, I'm going to hold up Cast in the Fire. And Cast in the Fire is actually a decent card to hold up against Elves in turn two, I think. Because, yep. like... Turn two is super important for elves. Like, Mm -hmm. because you need to be going into turn three ready to win the game. Like, or at least putting yourself into some like super grindy position. Like, you need to be taking a very large step forward on turns one and two. And if on turn two, at the end of my turn, I pass and I have like, uh, you know, like Dryad Arbor, Elf, Elf, maybe another one, and you just like kill my Quarian Ranger and my, uh, you know, Dryad Arbor, Dryad yeah, Arbor, or it, when it reads like double strip mine. Yeah, that's very good. Now it's not good enough to in and of itself win the game, but it will like in a perfect example of this with like Rix's tempo, it can buy you enough time to like stay yep. in the game. Uh-huh. Um, also don't sleep on discard against elves. Like it's actually really good. in my opinion. <laughs> like it's not perfect because like if you get into the, you like, you need to back up your discard against elves with a threat, uh-huh. but like, cause like, eventually they will just out top deck you and their top decks are pretty brutal. But like, if you can just like, first couple turns just thoughts these thoughts these elves they're elves it's kind it's oh, yeah. kind of a pain in the ass because like when you can remove all the acceleration from the deck like when you force elves to it can grind but yeah when you force them to take a couple turns off that's when it loses the decks that are just faster yeah well and the the other thing is like elves is a deck that doesn't mulligan well and when you thought see someone you're effectively forcing them to mulligan like you're you're yeah. each go you know, cool. We're we're playing yep. with six cards. Only I get yeah, to play have, with your. I get to pick your six card that, or your yeah, seventh yeah. card. You're losing. 
and you just get no filtering whatsoever going forward. Like you might right. draw an extra card here or there, but you have no filtering. You have yeah. no scrying, no digging, nothing. Yeah. So when you can force them to play off the top, and while they have the the average power level of a top deck in elves is pretty high, but it's very like swingy. So like yeah. you can top deck the card, natural order or glimpse of nature, and just win the game. Like it just yep. happens. Or you, for or. three turns straight, you can top deck Dryad Arbor, your third Heritage Druid, and like uh, your second Quarian Ranger, and just do nothing. Yep. Where it's just like, that's, cool, that's I have synerg- a bunch of one ones for one. That's your synergy deck. You, yeah. There are costs to those cards, and the cost is they don't do much if you're not in the right situation. Yeah, and you, well, what you can do is with those thought seasons, you can force them in those bad situations where, like, say they have Wirewood Symbiote and Elvish Visionary in their hand, you just take one, and you effectively get to strip, like, hit them both. Yeah. Because you're like, these yep. cards go well together, I'm going to take one of them, and I've basically thought seized you twice because now the other card is just a blank one one for yep. in effect. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so. What's our summary look like? Uh, so for the 13 decks, so this metagame summary is you're going to have to take with a Rain, table of salt. spoonful of salt. <laughs> uh, so other is 30.77. So there's four others, which is basically the Archon's deck, uh, two um, initiative decks, and then let's see what this blue one is. It's probably just basically, oh, no, it's a... Uh, Holy shit! The blue one's the most interesting deck in here. So <laughs> it's, it's whole so creature it's, it's, attracts. It's fucking days undoing into into a show and show tell. <laughs> yeah, That's they hilarious. they just they just they just mixed together the whole breacher days undoing package with a legit show and tell three attracts a three emerald package. Yeah, and th- uh, four omniscience. Yeah, and four omniscience. Yeah, yep. omni omni tell yep. or omni. Yeah, yeah omni tell. My brain, so, my brain shut off for a second. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wish I wish it did better. Yeah, I wish it would have top aided. Um, so, I mean, not that it would make that big of a difference. We basically just covered seventy five percent of the deck. Yep. Um, so that's the metagame summary. Like, there's like that's your others. You've got two Death's Shadow, two Grixis Tempo, and then uh, Red Prison Lands, Depths Painter, and Stoneblade. That's the whole thirteen. It's the yep. only ones we're talking about. Uh, most played cards, uh, Force of Will, 50, 28 copies, 54%. Orkish Bowmaster, 25 copies, 54%. The only reason yep. I'm going over this is to like really drive home the Bowmasters. Brainstorm, 24 copies, 46%. Ponder, 24 co- So there's more copies of Bowmaster than either Brainstorm or Ponder. Uh-huh. And then Chalice rounds out the top five. Uh, and then almost as many as Force of Will. That is fucking bonkers. Top creatures, Bowmasters, duh, 54%. The next place, it's not quite perfect because these numbers get a little fuzzy, um, is Caves of Chaos Adventurer, 12 copies in 23 decks. Bowmasters is literally twice as common as that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Then there's Fury, uh, Murktide Regent, and Simeon Spirit Guide. And then Top Spells... Uh, basically, it's the same thing without the Bowmasters. So you got Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Chalice of the Void, and Chromox. I will say it is interesting seeing. I don't even think the funny thing is when Initiative was at its worst, the Initiative creatures still didn't break the top cards uh-uh. list. No, the they top didn't. cards and the top spells were still the same ones. Where it was like basically Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder are 
perpetually top three and then like you'd have like lotus pedal and shit like that in four and five yep. like Bowmasters is the second most played card not the most uh-huh. played creature like that's nuts to see that in legacy so anywho um if you like Bowmasters, great if not you probably should play pioneer yeah no kidding all right let's do modern um same thing I, in personal protest of what's going on right now, we're going to do eh, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, we're still going to end up with a probably two and a half hour podcast because Matt can't shut the fuck up about cards. Yep. <laughs> Matt, I, the, the, the joke is I guilty as charged. Um, but let's go uh, first place in the modern challenge we had was Nahuel, Nahuel, it, or sorry, Nahuel 10 with a Demir control list featuring Orcish Bowmasters. Uh, you do have uh, two Sheldred to go with your four One Ring, which is both in um, Alchemy, or sorry, I, it, in Alchemy and Historic and uh, Modern, especially. You are seeing this combo of Sheldred into the One Ring because it basically solves the o- the only very minor problem the One Ring has is that you can die to it; it can kill you, and basically Sheldred makes it so that never happens. Because well, not only does it does doesn't happen, you actually net life. Oh, a ton. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're going up a fuck ton of life. Uh, rounding that out, then with, with a cut with four subtlety and two Merktide Regent. This is is this the first time we've seen a full four of subtlety in a deck? Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's exciting. A, uh, B. I sold my subtleties. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I traded like them in really at the. Yeah, I traded a minute at the con for some uh, for some sweet EDH cards, of course. Um, the other interesting thing to me about Sheldred is it also so like it kind of amplifies she kind of amplifies the effect of the One Ring and amplifies the effect of Bowmasters. Yep. <laughs> like, well, it's like there's so two like, halves well, of that card and it hits both of the most played cards. What's the best thing about Orcish Bowmasters is it makes the One Ring fucking suck. Well, so does Sheldred. <laughs> when, <laughs> when every card on the one ring costs you three life, it's awful. Yeah. So, like, obviously, it's just a very, very, like, upfront, face-up play that is perfect. Um, in your spell suite, you've got a bunch of interaction in the terms of a couple, like, two spell pierce, uh, four counterspell, four force negation, two Sheldred's edicts, four fatal pushes, um... Now it's totally, like, but it's totally cool running. So you think about it, you've got eight pitch spells here with four force negation, four subtleties. That whole premise of I was talking to you about the reason I wanted to play the one ring and control is like fuck it, I don't care about cards. I'm just gonna keep you from winning until I can get my one ring out and completely recoup all of that card disadvantage immediately. And it even has Sauron's Ransom to, one, get card advantage, and two, dig deeper. Even if it isn't card advantage, it's just deeper. And, like, yeah. I, I after thinking more and more about Sauron's Ransom, I love this card so much because, and I heard this from someone else, and it helped kind of crystallize it for me, and I can't remember who it was, and I'm super sorry, but it's not my original idea. But the idea that, like, Sauron's Ransom always does what you need it to do, like, either it finds you the, it always digs you, like, was it four cards deep minimum? And it's always easy to find the answer. It's kind of like the Cabal Therapy thing. Remember when you taught me how to play Cabal Therapy? Mm-hmm. Like you just name what they can't, it, what what stops you, right? Well, Sauron's Ransom either always finds you what you need or gets you way closer to it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what cards you show me, Matt. If I say, if I cast Sauron's Ransom, knowing for sure I have to find Fatal Push, 
well, if you don't show me fatal push, then I choose the other pile. And if it doesn't have fatal push in it, then it didn't matter. Now I'm just four cards closer to fatal push anyway. Yeah. Like it's, it's such an amazing card. Now, obviously like factor fiction is arguably better, even though it is one more mana, which is, which is very relevant. Yeah, but the, the I mean, idea the that ceiling like, on fact of fiction's higher, but I would like I think a lot of people, and I would uh, be on the fence about this, but probably agree. Losing a mana to lose a card, and then obviously the face up, face down distinction matters, but like losing a mana is a big deal. So yep. Well, like so, like when you cast Siren's Ransom, either you're going for like raw card advantage, which if that's what matters, then you pick the bigger pile, or like, yep. or or what's most likely to happen is you're getting a, you're getting a two and two anyway, so you're getting card advantage no matter what, and like. This idea that you can get God, I mean, like, I guess don't get greedy and you might get stuck with two lands, but I see Sauron's Ransom more often than not being not necessarily just a card advantage spell, but an answer finding spell. And if that's the case, it is always going to find you what you need or get you closer to finding it because it wasn't there anyway. Yeah. This illusion of, well, you only get to see probably half the cards face up. And it's like, that's that's OK. This is a yes or no thing. Are those cards fatal push? No. Give me the other ones. Are those fatal push? No. Well, it wasn't there anyway. Now I'm the next one might be. You know what's fun? The the card reminds me. I know they're not the same principle, but have you ever heard of the Monty Hall problem? Oh shoot. Um, isn't, where like if, isn't that the one where it's like you pick you pick one of three and then he removes one? Yes. Is it the Monty Hall? Yeah. Yes. So you, there, and you always want to switch. Yes. There's there's weird math behind that one though. Well, you can, but the yeah. funny thing is it doesn't even necessarily take a bunch of weird math. You can kind of logic it out if you just look at it like this, and I'll briefly go over this. So, like, say, uh, so you pick room A, so there's A, B, and C, right? You yep. pick room, room A. One room has a prize. One room has a prize. You're trying to win a car. The, the guy knows where the car is at. You pick room A. He goes, okay, I'm getting rid of room C. Now, do you yep. want to switch your thing? By switching, you've basically allowed yourself to guess B and C. Yep. Because like, that's like, actually what that, it is. That's what it is. That's why the chance is sixty six percent. Because he's like, now the other way to look at it is by guessing initially. You go, okay, I have a one third shot to get it right, and then yep. by changing, I now have a fifty fifty shot. The thing that people get hung up on is that it's the not numbers 50/50. are yeah, the correct. The numbers change because he knows what's there. The way you can really understand this problem is if you go, okay, there's 10,000 doors, and you pick one, so you pick A, and he gets rid of the other 9,998 of them. Yeah. What are the odds that you picked the right one? Or do you think the other, or do you think B might be it? Do you think you got the one in 10,000, or do you want to pick the one he didn't get rid of? Yeah. Yeah, Mythbusters, Mythbusters did, did an episode on it. And yeah. it was a really good episode. It was just like it was one of those. It was one of them like that totally shocked me at the end. But yeah, just the premise of like every door has a one third chance. The door you picked has a one third chance. So the other two doors have a two thirds chance. Yep. And then whatever door gets left now has a two thirds chance. And that is just such weird math. But it's uh, it, it works out. And it's and that's kind of what this is like. That's what the, reminded have, me of it is it's not the same thing, but it's just like. I get to see what, like, I see what's there, and I know what I'm looking for. So if what I'm looking for isn't there, I just pick the other pile, as long as it's not a 4-0 split or a 3-1 split. Like, and realistically... Well, even even if it is a 3-1 split, if you're like, I get... 
Ooh, my chair just my chair just came apart. Um, <laughs> either I get fatal push or I don't. Well, I don't care what those three cards are. They're not fatal push. Right. And that what I was going to say there is the only time you pick the three is if you're just casting it as a value play where you're like, yes, like I don't necessarily like card quality matters. But right now I just want to draw some cards like yep. I I've or got three extra. I mana. have to get I have to find a blue card for this solid this subtlety. Right. Which the flip side is Sauron's Ransom is a blue card, but you could cast it and get more blue cards as opposed yes. to just pitching it itself. But yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like if there's a specific card you need, you pick the pile that either has it or is face down. If there's yep. not and you just want value, you pick the most cards or if it's split evenly, you pick the card. You go, oh, well, those two cards suck. I'll take my chances on the other two. Because if the yeah. cards showing suck, they might as well not be there. Which would yep. you rather have? Two, because it's kind of this is kind of the question. Which would you rather have? Two random cards or two cards you know aren't useful to you? Yep. Yeah, you don't want them. Okay, well, then just take take then take other, two other cards. Maybe you maybe don't want. Yeah. yeah. It's, like I remember when I, when I saw that card, because and it's a little different because the one I used to play with on Arena was one was three cards. So it was it was real head games of like, well, do you want one decent card or two? Because you know, I play. It's a value play a lot of times, and two cards is worth a lot more than one card sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, but like just the more I thought about the math on this card, and just like how that you just really never get fucked. You never lose because, like, either you just care about card card um uh card quantity, and if you pick the two face up cards, you chose them because they're good cards. Oh, there were better cards. Well, you don't. You got two good cards. Or, well, I need this card or I don't win. And, well, it was none of them. You can't you can't lose if there was none of them. You're just four cards deeper now, which there's a ton of value in that. When you're digging yeah. through your deck and you just get to mill four, or even if it was just mill four bad cards, like, that's awesome. That's Impulse is a great card when it's just like, look at the top four. Get rid of three of them. Right. The, uh, the other thing I think that will trip people up with Sauron's Ransom is the, I don't really have a name for it, but you know how if somebody mills you 10 and the ninth card was a card you really needed, you get, like, really upset? Yeah. Because you yeah, think that you've you got mean. that card? That effect, whatever the fuck you want to call that, is what you're going to feel with Sauron's Ransom. But what you have to do is you have to ignore the, the resources you, quote, didn't get because you never had them. It's not like you yeah. discard. It's not like they were in your hand and somebody hemmed a turok to you. You nope. never had those cards. You just yep. milled two. Milling two means almost nothing. Yeah, it just you that just look means at the cards remove, you got. <laughs> remove two cards at random from your deck. You would never be upset if you just if you like shuffled your library, revealed a card, milled it. Shuffled your library, revealed a card, milled it, and it shuffled again. You'd never be upset about that, right? Unless you're, I mean, there's very rare circumstances. Like you know, if you've got your one fucking Thalius, yeah, or, that's the Oracle, and it's just yeah, been exiled or whatever. But like, yeah. that's not what's going to happen here. Um, the other thing that I, the other, because this is actually an interesting card, I do want to talk about one other thing, is this is effectively a Punisher card, and they finally designed one. I mean, obviously, Factor Fiction was the, Factor Fiction to me was like the pinnacle of these cards, where your opponent gets some choice in the matter, but like Factor Fiction is all bad decisions for your opponent. <laughs> like, yep. And you get the final say, which is what really changes it. Um, so yeah, you get to split a pile. Good luck splitting a pile where I get to pick the ones I want. So like, oh, um, we missed a card. There's another new card in this deck. Uh, it's well, not there's, blue. There's a, 
um that Larian There's, revealed thing, but it's like Lore it's it's well it's Lorian revealed. It's yeah. put in there wrong. Yeah. I um, didn't see, I honestly didn't see it because the text isn't blue. It's on a it's on a hyperlink to a card. Yeah, I, I didn't gonna, realize it was a card. Yeah. Um so we'll Lorian it's three blue blue for it. This is the this is the blue cycler. Three blue blue for a sorcery, draw three cards, island cycling for one. Gotcha. So in the late game, it's just five mana ancestral recall. And then for the rest of the game, you just get to cycle it for a watery grave. Yeah. Makes sense. Pretty good. Pretty it's, freaking good. Yeah, it's basically takes the same principle as the swamp cycling one, where it's just yep. like it's an Ash Barons until it's a fucking ancestral. <laughs> And it lets you, I mean, look at this deck. It lets you run a deck that has, like, what, six, ten, four ofs that you want, like, ten, like, legit four, or sorry, four mana spells, and you're running 20 lands. Yeah. With yep. with very little weight, like, and, and with no card draw, other than the one ring. Other than the one ring. No card draw. Yeah, other than So, that. well, I <laughs> guess I, I shouldn't say that. It has Sauron's Ransom as well, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So you get to really trim down on lands. And this whole, like, it's kind of like the spell lands, like Ottawara and shit, or in Takanuma. They're just lands with spells on them. And, you you know, you don't usually want to cast Ottawara, but sometimes you do, and it comes in pretty fucking handy. Yep. But anywho. Moving on. You Next just... up is Murktide Regent. <laughs> did, I admit, did I cut you off on something? Yeah, I was going... It doesn't matter. I was talking about those Punisher cards, though. Anyway. Oh, oh. No, it, continue. It do matter. your thing. No, it, they finally made a good Punisher card. It's basically what it boils down to. Like, Factor Fiction, effectively, it was one, but it really only saw play in Standard. Yep. Um, they finally made one that's, like, seeing play. We're like, here's your... And I've talked about this before. Like, the whole point of Punisher cards is, like, they have to be good every time you cast them. And it doesn't yep. matter whether or not your opponent gets... Like, doesn't matter what they pick, you still win. Like, yes. they finally did one. Where it was just like, okay, <laughs> like you're gonna get to do this, and it doesn't matter because I'm still picking the best cards or whatever. Yes, like we well, talked that, about. That, the the common premise in Magic is anytime your opponent gets a choice, it's probably a bad card. And yeah. this is an example where it's not. It's a great card, even though your opponent gets to make the choices. It doesn't matter. There's no yep. right choice. So I just think that's interesting. I like. I personally have always liked Punisher cards. I was around when Torment came out, and like using like Browbeat and Book Burning and stuff like that was like a lot of fun. But they're not very uh-huh. good cards because, like, you read Brook Brow Burning or Brow Beat, and it's like, oh, for three mana, I either deal five damage or I draw three cards. And like, as a new player or a young player, I wasn't necessarily new, but I was still pretty young. Um, uh-huh. That's on on the surface that sounds pretty good. You're like, well, three mana for three cards is good, and five damage for three cards is good. But obviously, everyone knows you're only going to get the three cards when the life matters, and you're only going to get the damage when the cards matter. Like. Yep. It's never going to work out well for you. And that's the bread and butter. Like that's that's what Punisher cards do. And this one mm-hmm. is kind of a playable one. So I just think yep. it's cool. Alright, speed run on modern. Second place. Merktide Regent. Uh very standard is it Merktide list. Too subtlety in the side. Like, is this how is this how good uh Orcish Bowmaster is as we're starting to run subtleties in the main? Um, other than that, we, so we have, so in, other revealed. than that, we have we have Lorian revealed again as that island cycler, allowing us to drop down to seventeen lands. I think to me, I think the, I think the combo here is subtlety Lorian revealed, like so. It's just like that subtlety becomes a lot better when you have a blue pitch spell that can recoup that when, card advantage. When like, your lands, when your lands can become. Pitch, when your lands are pitchable to subtlety. 
basically. I yeah, think that, especially in a deck like this, where like it, subtlety is subtlety is in the same way as like remand or force of will or whatever. They're tempo cards, so it's just like yeah. I don't care. Like I just want to. You, nope, you don't get your creature. I'm not putting any mana into it, and now I'm going to uh-huh. attack you with Ragavan. Like that's what subtlety's in there for. It's not in there to like ants like hard answer stuff, right? Uh-huh. It's uh, yeah, it does counter it, but like they want time, and it just, subtlety gives well, you forget. time. It also puts it on top of their library, like countering it, but they get to draw it again. It's not gone. I know, but that's what I, that's what I mean. Is yeah, it's so not I, gone. I, I'm agreeing. It's literally yeah, it's just buying you time. So yep. yeah, but it's, it's enough time for and, for Ragavan to hit you in the face or Murktide to hit you in the face one which, more time. Which, oddly enough, if you subtlety their creature, Ragavan can then exile it and remove it. Yep. So what? <laughs> like, it's kind of like well, I need the cards. To just, I need to be able to recoup the card disadvantage Gosh. from subtlety. And how many, t- how many times are you going to get to like subtlety their three drop creature back on top of their library, and then re- hit them with Ragavan and cast it? Right. <laughs> and now you get to have it. Correct. Like subtle- that's awesome. I've been saying for a long time, subtlety is a good card. It's just a matter of yep. like you've got to have. The, they're still uh, only ten bucks a piece. They're not terribly expensive as far as yeah, the I- elementals go. I could very easily see subtlety going up at this point. Like, yep, it's, it's kind of hung it's, around ten or eleven bucks, but well, it's getting there. It's it's going to start ticking its way up probably. Um, after that, not much else in the main board here. Subtlety has broken the tenth most played card or most played creature. It's in twenty. Did it really? Days. Yep. That's awesome. They just fucking took this this uh, tournament by storm. Uh, sideboard. We do have a cast in the fire. Uh, Stone of Eric. Uh, couple new cards but nothing that's surprising interestingly enough two fury in the side for the two subtlety in the main so in those situations where like they're gonna go wide subtlety isn't where you need to be just swap it right out for fury easy peasy lemon squeezy yep next up we have one of my least favorite decks in modern and not because it's the best deck just because i got owned by it so goddamn hard a few times uh the <laughs> glimpse combo you were so fucking pissed i mean oh that was my gosh. that was a couple years ago that was back at fedex <laughs> you that just was like i fucking they, ate this <laughs> when it's when these it's when fucking modern horizon 2 came out yeah because <laughs> it was in this this stupid glimpse tomorrow is a modern horizon 2 card god i hate that fucking card um this deck is all about, you know, spamming the board with permanence and then uh, cascading into Glimpse of the Tomorrow and turning those probably shitty permanents from like uh, maybe the Kiki Jiki or uh, what's this uh, wave shifter that you can like evoke it and get a couple in, uh, investigate tokens and just turning those into like actual real cards like Omnath and Fury and Karn. So shit like that. Mm hmm. Um, nothing particularly crazy in this list, though. Main board and then sideboard. I mean, so in my opinion, the the most interesting thing is that we have a single one ring in the side. Uh, we're really dipping our toe into the into the Lord of the Rings here. And we do have a twin shot sniper there as well, which is a really cool card. I like it's a really cool uh, channel answer for a lot of things you can pay one in a red to channel it so you discard it and it deals two damage to any target yeah so a two mana uncounterable shock that has a four mana two three with reach that also shocks on etb on the back end like just a good card um don't forget that mixed in there we do have that karn in the main board the great creator so we do have a bit of a karn wishboard in the side with things like liquid metal coating tormod's crypt 
uh, Phyrexian Metamorph is actually a really cool little grab with Karn. And I guess I guess th- that makes sense. I don't. I looked right past the fact that you have one ring in the sideboard because you have Karn to go get it. So you yep. get Karn, always get the one ring, and you're good to go. You can also get Phyrexian Metamorph because why would you need to play your own one ring when you can just play can just everyone take, else's yep. rings? <laughs> yep. And again, uh, yeah, interesting enough. So Twin Shot Sniper, while it is a red creature, it is also an artifact creature. Is Karn non-creature non artifact or just an artifact? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just so an artifact. Karn can grab your Twin Shot Sniper. All right. Speed run. Speed run. Uh, next up, Rakdos Scam. The This deck took this challenge by fucking storm. This, this uh, jumping forward here, 28% of the meta was Rakdos Scam this week. So I was talking to Matt about this. Um, Rakdos Scam has a couple of additions. So for Grief, only two Fury. So the Scam part of the package got trimmed down quite a bit to make room for four Orcish Bowmasters and three Sheltered the Apocalypse to go with the three One Rings. Yeah. I was really surprised to see Orcish Bowmasters go into a deck like this because it's just, it didn't feel right. Other than Orcish Bowmasters is amazing. That card is bonkers. But like, it just is not what this deck is trying to do. This deck is trying to like cheat into play a Grief or Fury, like turn one or two, and then... Take the take the take away the game with that, backing it up with like a couple terminates, a few thought seizes, like yeah, the, maybe a Dothy Voidwalker to help back it up. So looking at the actual list now, because we talked again, we talked about this before the podcast started. What I the way I see this is they I don't I would hesitate to even call this scam anymore. Cause like for a while bef- like red mid uh black Rakdos midrange and Rakdos scam were kind of vying a little bit for the top spot uh-huh. like yes it still has the rebirths and whatnot but like to me this i would play this deck totally different than you would with the like a scam deck where you're trying to go all in on turn one this to me yeah. looks like a much closer to just the mid-range style that has the capability to like scam that, yeah it has like the scam package in there but more of a yeah. mid-range deck and so, like, I, I would probably you. approach the game a little bit differently. I understand what you mean, because, like, on the surface, that scam deck, we talked about this, where the scam deck effectively plays like a combo deck. It, it's grindier, but it plays like a combo deck where it's trying to, like, one-two punch you and effectively yeah. take you out of the game. Yep. Whereas this is like, nah, I'm not so, like, the scam is cool, but, like, what I'm actually going to do is Bowmaster, like, one ring sheltered you out of the game. And yep. I, if I happen to, like, fury you twice or something, that'd be great. Yep. But <laughs> well, like, I wonder if part of it is, like, you know, like, maybe scam has a really hard time getting past, like, like if your whole plan is to, like, you know, go down on cards or be card parody to grief someone twice or to, to scan them and get a bunch of advantage. And they just go, cool, one ring. Your whole game plan is mute for a turn because you're winning in the red zone. Yep. And then now I've recouped all that card advantage. And so they just really double down on seven ways to punish one ring players really hard. Yep. And then so that themselves because it's the one. Oh, because yeah, why not? Of course. <laughs> As for the sideboard, nothing crazy in there. Four Leyland of the Void and one Fury. Uh, but nothing, nothing particularly crazy going on in there. Next up, fifth place, we do have Boros Burned this week, which actually makes a lot of sense if you're going to be playing against a bunch of one ring decks where, like, if they're going to be slamming the one ring and just going up on cards and trying to eat the first three to six damage, they're going to take off the one ring. Well, how often how often does Boros Burn stay? You, you stabilize at four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is a very inconvenient number for the one ring. 
Yep, and look at the toughness of their two creatures. Yep, a 1-2 and a 2-2. Two, two. So, yeah. Orcish Bowmasters ain't got shit on them. Although, in fairness, they do come in the red zone pretty aggressively, and Orcish Bowmasters does trade for Goblin Guide. Swift Spear, though, is a lot less likely. With Swift Spears coming in, it rarely comes in as actually a 1-2. So, mm-hmm. pretty well, hard for Orcish Bowmasters to get anything done against them. The nice thing is, though, if you... Like, so, turn one, Goblin Guide swing, right? Turn yes. two, you're now going to attack into two open mana. As long as you leave some mana open, you can wait for them to flash in their bowmasters and try yep. to like trick you and like maybe do some burn shenanigans and like get out of it. Basically, bait oh, them yeah. into Easily. playing it. So you do have I mean, like one, options there with one of your twenty-eight spells. That deal Correct. Damage. So as yeah. long as you just make sure you, you know, but one of the things, like, it does make you play a certain way, which there are disadvantages to that, but basically you have game against that card. Yes, as long 100%. as you, you know, don't overcommit, basically is what it boils down to. Yep. Uh, as far as Boros Burn goes, though, there's not really much interesting <clears throat> in the main board of this. Um, Roiling Vortex is probably the coolest card to come in. I, it, the, by no means is it new, but... So you think about all these decks that run the one ring. The good ones that we see are running ways to gain life to offset it. Mm-hmm. Roiling Vortex just puts a big kibosh on that. And so, like, just really getting a double dip on, like, yes, I'm going to punish you for running the one ring, and you don't get to dig for your ways to gain life because the Vortex is going to be shutting that shit down. And whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent on it, like, that's all your pitch spells, which they're everywhere yes. now. Solitude, oh, yeah, that- Fury, Grief, Subtlety, like, everything. Yep. So yeah, that's that's huge and a five damage. Like it, it makes a lot of those cards just uncastable a lot of the times. Pretty much. Um, into the sideboard, nothing super crazy going on there. The coolest thing I like seeing in these sideboards is deflecting palm. That card's just so awesome. I just, yeah. It's in my opinion worded horribly, but it's a really cool mechanic to try and make work in Magic. Mm-hmm. And you just getting just basically bounce uh, the next source of damage from something back to its back to its owner. Yeah. Oh, Demir Control bringing up sixth place. Um, oddly enough, we have this, this Orcish Bowmaster card paired with this Sheldred card and then four subtlety to back it up. Uh, that's a really good combo. That's that could probably win a challenge, actually. There's that like that like that nice synergy between everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a fun deck to play. <laughs> it does look fun to play. Um, a full four of Sauron's Ransom in this one, obviously four dress down. Uh, more Lauren revealed. Very, very similar to the first place list here. I mean, there's probably something different in there, but at face value, it looks almost identical. Yeah, I'm sure the numbers are slightly uh, different, but whatever. I mean, the sideboard, even the sideboard looks almost identical. Next up, we've got another Rakdos scam list, and this one is a much more traditionally Rakdos scam. So you do have the four Oakrish Bowmasters, but you also have four Grief, four Fury in the main. No Sheldred to punish other one ring players. Or Fable the Mirror Breaker, a full six undying effects. Uh, the same terminates, the same thought seizes. I'm trying to I'm trying to find where did we find room for four cards for the Orcish Bowmaster? What did we cut? Was it uh so in the first list they made room for bowmasters and one rings, and they still had six undying effects. Yeah. So they had cut two uh, Fable the Mirror Breakers. Um, and I'm just, I'm not familiar enough with these lists to kind of basically compare a mental list versus this one. And the one we have, the other one we had in the top eight wasn't really traditional either. And, and probably any list you find, you probably aren't going to find a traditional list because 
like why wouldn't you run Bowmasters or the ring? Yeah. So if anyone wants to do a gotcha moment and like let me know the obvious answer to where we're finding room for these Bowmasters, by all means, hit us up on the Reddit or on Gmail. But uh, this does seem to be a very standard Rakdos scam list, just with four Bowmasters thrown into it. Yeah. Nothing else really new here in the main board or in the sideboard, with the exception of some casts into the fires, just as it's good X1 hate and it's good ring hate. Wrapping it up, we have a surprisingly powerful deck, Calibrated Blast. Uh, this Calibrated Blast is the the uh, Throws of Chaos Cascade into Calibrated Blast, or just cast it. Once you've put some giant monstrosity of a spell on top of your deck, like to Titan Oth Rex for 9, uh, or one of the Emrakuls for between 13 and 15, dome them for pretty much all their life, and then just do it again with Flashback. Yep. Uh, you so also do get doesn't a, give a fuck about the uh, the rest of the format, basically. <laughs> and then there's something really relevant here. You do have Through the Breach. So obviously the deck really kicks off in that three to four mana slot. You can also just Through the Breach for five so that these 12 creatures aren't just dead in your hand. Like, yeah, they just they just dome for, I mean, between 11 and 15 damage. Yep. So That's really a really like slick kind of sideways juke because everyone playing against calibrated blast is not prepared for through the breach yeah and the the thing i look at this and i go that's somebody who like kind of got a decent read on the meta where it's like bowmaster one ring grindy kind of crap and it's just like you know what doesn't care about that at all emrakul yep draw your cards bud <laughs> go for yeah, it take whatever you want <laughs> take by 15. the way take 15 <laughs> right and i'm gonna attack for 11 right uh and then sideboard look at this sideboard for leyline of the void Four Leyline of Sanctity, three or three Leyline of Punishment, and four Rough and Tumble. Yep. What a nice compact. This whole deck, man. This whole deck is just four, 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 three, four, four, four. Like yep. very compact, very succinct deck. Yeah, it's a clean list. I like, and I, I very love a clean good clean list. list. Me too. That's one of my favorite things about the Hogak lists in Legacy is it's just like it's just four, 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 four. Yep. When you don't have brainstorm and ponder, you have to actually run four uh -huh. cards you want to draw. <laughs> yep. Fucking All right. Sucks. Meta game summary. Let's wrap this shit up. It was supposed to be a short episode this week, Matt. I blame you. Uh, Meta game summary. Rakdos mid range twenty eight percent of the meta game with nine decks. I wonder what deck got the biggest bump from Bowmaster and the Ring. Yep. Uh, next up, a deck we haven't even really seen that much until Bowmaster showed up. Demir Control with four decks, twelve and a half percent of the meta. Three Murktide decks, three Yawgmoth decks, two Mono Green Tron, two Burn, two Living End, and then a small handful of one ofs. Most of that diversity this week kind of got eaten up by 30% of the meta being one deck. Yeah. Speaking of meta share getting eaten up, in first place with the most played cards, Orcus, Orcus Bowmasters, 69 copies with 56% of decks. Those are legacy numbers. That's Brainstorm, that's Force of Will, that's Ponder Numbers. Do you ever think a card would make Ragavan look dumb? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. Like. Then you've got, in second place, Grief, third place, Ragavan, then Chalice, then Fury. Your top creatures this week, shockingly, it's Orcish Bowmasters, with, again, almost double the meta share of Grief, almost double the meta share of Ragavan, Almost double the meta share of Fury and Dothy. Top spells, Chalice of the Void, Thought Seize. There's the one ring popping up. Fatal Push and Engineered Explosivos. 
Yep. So the top five creatures are literally just Rakdos scam. Yep. Well, I mean, it was 30. I mean, what do you expect? It's yeah, 30% I know, of the but fucking But that's what I'm meta. saying. It's like, it's like that's, yep. and I think it even goes down to six, because I don't think Season Pyromancer sees playing any other decks either. Oh, At least not much. All righty. Well, Matt, um, we went probably about 45 minutes longer than we meant to, but we had a really nice long discussion at the beginning of the episode. Um, honestly, I get listeners, we weren't going to do it every episode, but like, let us know. Did you hate our intro? Did you skip it? Did you enjoy it? That whole just kind of getting a little deeper into us talking about what's been going on in our lives. Let us know if you want to reach out to us at like cantripcartel at gmail.com at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Cantrip Cartel pretty much everywhere. I know we don't post, but we read. So if you send us something, we will read it. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to patreon.com. Uh, thank you to Matt for working with my awful schedule this week. Yep. No Matt, is, is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, no, I think we got it. Plus a well, little extra. I ruined your title. Extra. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not changing it. I think we'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Um, I'll be honest, Matt. You just want to play Gloomhaven? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting L, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how To convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled To draw every single card with the cantrip cartel Draw cards with the cantrip cartel Strong cards with the cantrip cartel. <laughs>